Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 235 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine, Joe. Happy opening day of the baseball season to you. Baseball season. Yes. I know you've been counting down the days just like me. Well, I've been counting down to game 82 and a half. I like to get right to the middle of the season, then I start caring. It's still about 40 games before most Cleveland fans check in, so that's okay. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Now, again, I I don't want to say, you know, obviously I do my best not to uh, preview the voicemails. Okay. uh, But I I will say that at least one of the phone calls uh, has to do with the baseball season, right? Okay. And, you know, listen, I'm I'm out of uh, regular sports and have been for quite some time. Um, but I'm glad everyone has their enjoyment with the baseball. And, you know, if um, if I was to choose a sport to get back into, it probably would be baseball. Smart man. Because that's the one that I remember having the most fun watching. Um, and I feel as though it's the easiest to follow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried, like, and this is my fault because I... I came up with this idea maybe three days before the season started, but I messaged the sports talk group chat and oh, I, boy. I pitched the idea of doing a fantasy baseball league for soon to be named network and friends. Good Lord. You know, it was going to be Marcus and Brett and we invited Mr. Tim and I know Ronald two legs probably would have been in it, but obviously I thought about it. Like I said, a couple days before the season started and that's way too short notice because my idea was going to be like, let's do the draft as a podcast. And obviously with such short notice, like that was just wasn't going to happen. And then Marcus had pitched the idea of doing like a four team league. And I was like, that kind of takes the challenge out of it. But maybe next year, you know, hit me up if you would be interested an entire year from now in being in a fantasy league associated well, with the network. You know, it would have to be less than a year from now. So well, that would yeah, take some time. So let's say 11 months from now. Hey, yeah. You know, 11 and a half months from now. Exactly. Like my fantasy draft was last weekend. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, that far in advance of the season. It just can't be like the day after the season starts. <laughs> and speaking of being behind on things, didn't we like in the past do like a WrestleMania thing? Oh, I thought about that earlier in the week at Odds Mania. But you know why I didn't bring it up to you? Because of the fact that Mania is two days and each day is like six and a half hours long, and I don't want to watch both shows in their entirety, and I didn't want to force that upon you. <laughs> well, we did it the previous two years, and the previous two years were two-day WrestleManias. Yeah, one of them was like the COVID year, kind of, or just out of COVID when they had cardboard cutouts and Samoa Joe and a poncho, and that was kind of entertaining. I don't know. Like, <sighs> I think it's a little too late, you know? <laughs> The day before, or two days before, is a little too late. I would agree. Let me see. Do I still have that spreadsheet saved from, like, the previous years that I could dummy something together real quick? I still have the graphics that I tweet out, because I I keep every graphic Mm -hmm. that's, like, show-related. Hmm. Because you would, in order for us to do this, obviously we record on a Thursday night. Most people aren't going to hear this until Friday, Friday morning. Right. So they would have to read it and respond and get back to you within, you know, 
less than two days. Yeah. No, it appears as though I don't have it. I did a lot of cleaning up on my uh, spreadsheets, you know? Yeah, I got to save those kilobytes. I guess. No, every now and then I get, like, a notification that my Google whatever, like, whatever Google storage is, is uh, running out of space or something, you know? Yeah. So I have to, like, I have to go, because I'm a big, I'll email you an attachment or something, you know? Yeah. And then it becomes, like, a shared thing between me and this other person, and then... If they don't get rid of it, then it sits there. I don't know how. Listen, I don't know how the internet works, okay? It's a series of tubes. That's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next year we'll do Ad Odds Mania. Yeah, you know, like, listen, the WrestleMania snuck up on us this year. How about that? <laughs> it really did. Because I can't, uh, we'll get to it when we get to it, but this is probably the least I've ever cared about a WrestleMania. And uh, that might have contributed to the, the lack of. Uh, Doing games around it, but... Yeah. Anyways. Alright, enough fantasy stuff and stuff that we're not doing. Let's get into stuff that we are doing for the show. How about that? Alright. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents... This Day in Wrestling History. All right, this is a big day in wrestling history, and boy, howdy, do I love these big days in wrestling history, right? Yeah, I follow, like I said before, I followed the On This Day uh, Twitter account, and there was a bunch of heavy hitters, so I'm hoping that they're all in here. Well, again, you tell me if I'm missing something. We're going to go backwards. We're going to go newest to oldest, right? All right. So this day, wrestling history, 15 years ago, was WrestleMania 24. We're all very old. (laughs) Uh, Orlando, Florida. Um, this is the CM Punk Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, this is the Ric Flair first retirement match. (laughs) Um, this is the Floyd Mayweather versus Big Show WrestleMania. Yeah, okay. That was, uh, before Floyd got canceled and I kind of was like, hey, he has a future in wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. He does, he's got a very hateable quality to him. He's like K-Fed. <laughs> you remember when K-Fed was on Raw? And I was, he was like the most overheel they had. So, and this is something that they've brought up before. The original plan before he got injured was that this was supposed to be a tag team match of, do you, oh, do you know who the other par- participants in this tag team match were supposed to be? No clue. No, okay. Um, do you remember, like, you've probably seen the gif of it. Of Big Show picking up Rey Mysterio while he was on, like, a stretcher and, like, slamming him into the ring post? Oh, yeah. He, yeah, it was a sick bump because he was okay. strapped to it, right? Right. So Rey, not from that, but in the build to this, got legitimately injured. Okay. Because it was supposed to be Floyd Mayweather and Rey Mysterio as a tag team against Big Show. And I'll give you a hint. One of the best pure strikers in world wrestling entertainment history. <laughs> Uh, I'm, there's people yelling at their podcatcher right now. I, I don't know what that joke is. Shane McMahon. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's a, that's legitimately what it was going to originally be before Ray got hurt, and they just turned it into the singles match. They had to put somebody in the match to make Big Show look like he's more in shape. Somebody that could like <laughs> that's le- ha- more likely to get blown up than the Big Show in shape. Yeah. Uh, and also, this was... Um, so... You know, obviously, wrestling has changed and is changing and so forth. Um, this, I think this is an overall good WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. 
I don't think there's like a stinker on the show. Like you can make an argument for the Randy Orton John Cena Triple H match that it's just like kind of there, but it's not like bad. It's just kind of there, right? Yeah. Um. So this was the mania that has the Beth Phoenix and Melina versus I don't know who Maria and Ashley are. Pry Maria Canales and Ashley Massaro. There you go. See, you know these girls' names. Of course right? I do. I'm a chictionary. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Um. In a Playboy Bunny Mania Lumberjack match. I remember it fondly. <laughs> of course. So this was the last year that WWE did anything with Playboy. Yeah. And I, again, I'm uncancelable, so I'll say that's that's a shame. <laughs> Listen, you're uncancelable. <laughs> All right. So flashing forward. Now we're looking at if I do my Gazintas twenty years ago today. Hey, did I I remember did I remind everyone that we're old? <laughs> uh WrestleMania nineteen from Seattle, Washington. Uh this is the one that has Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho, which is a really good match. The one where they kind of built up the storyline that Jericho was a fan of Shawn Michaels when he was like a little kid and he grew up like admirate like with admiration even though they're only a couple years apart. I think they started wrestling oh boy. Michaels technical like so Michaels rookie year was 84, Jericho's rookie year was he'll lie and say 93. Mm. But he was wrestling before that. Um and again it's so funny that you say that because the lie for the build to the Shawn Michaels Ric Flair match was that Shawn Michaels was a fan of Ric Flair growing up as a kid and wanted to be Ric Flair. Yeah, they're just cut and pasting these storylines. Not unlike today on the pressers, Cody Rhodes says that when he was an eight year old kid, the thing that he wanted to be more than anything else was the WWWF champion. Cody was eight no, years old in 1993. <laughs> he was in the it, new gen. <laughs> it, it had not been the WWWF for 15 years before that moment. But does, as, as an eight-year-old, that's what Cody wanted to be anyway. Yeah, he's been sipping that narcotic pretty hard. Then you got to switch over to the LA NyQuil. Um, <laughs> You got Hogan versus Vince, which is a spectacle, right? It's got that famous shot of Vince coming up all bloody from, like, you know, behind the ring apron, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the uh, last ever Rock versus Stone Cold match where, uh, you know, Rock was uh, mixing wine and caffeine drinks. <laughs> Gotta stay ready. And he was running too hard. And was in the emergency room hours before WrestleMania due to suspected heart failure <laughs> from wine and caffeine drinks. I mean, I've hit caffeine pretty hard. I've been there. I understand. Yeah, listen. And the Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle uh, match where Brock goes and does the shooting star press and almost dies. <laughs> hey, he hit, it, he hit it in OVW. That's all that counts. Yeah. And again, a good WrestleMania, not a great WrestleMania, but a, a very memorable WrestleMania, right? Yeah, and even th- that, that stadium, Safeco Field, was a great venue. It had, like, I don't know why, like an indoor dome stadium like that just seemed like a sticks out in my memory. Very few WrestleMania venues of that time do. 
So two things about the venue. One, I remember when they announced that they were going to be doing uh, that venue. And that was what, the Mariners field, yeah. I think? Yeah, that's where Seattle Mariners play. Right. When they announced it, they did a bunch of promotional packages of like, oh, here's the stadium and this where Mania is going to be and so on and so forth. And it was all centered around Edge. Like Edge had gone there and was doing the whatevers, right? Mm-hmm. And Edge ends up getting injured and ends up not being on that WrestleMania, which I think was like a weird like bit of kismet that he was the one doing the publicity for it. And then he couldn't even be on the show. Mm-hmm. And as I was doing my research for this day in wrestling history, this was up to this point, you know, when you take into consideration for, you know, inflation and households and every metric that you possibly can. This was one of the lowest pay-per-view ordered WrestleManias. Really? And Vince blamed the fact that it was in a uh, it was in a small market town like Seattle. <laughs> He's not blaming Undertaker versus Big Show and A Train. Well, again, I think the people were upset because it was originally supposed to be Undertaker and Nathan Jones. Oh yeah, versus Big Show and A Train, and then the day of, even Undertaker's like, "No, nah, this guy sucked. We can't have him on the show." <laughs> Had a great look though. Yes, yeah, great look. Like. <laughs> muscle men who lactate but anyway (laughs) it's an upper body business joe it certainly is but this day in wrestling history 25 years ago our head-to-head monday nitro versus monday night raw uh this is the day after wrestlemania 14 coming off stone cold beaten uh sean michaels for the title uh, I remember, and again, I'm going to remind everyone how old I am. I remember the next day, because like paper was on a Sunday, going to college when I was still in college the next day with a videotape and watching it with a bunch of other people in the computer room at the college. <laughs> you, got, you were so cool, Joe. <laughs> no, I certainly was. Again, listen, wrestling was hot back then, you know, when I was a WWF guy and a bunch of people couldn't come over for the pay-per-view. I'm like, I'll bring the tape in first thing in the morning. We'll all watch it, you know? Yeah. No, I watched it live. I was, you know, probably 18 at the time. And I just remember being like, all right, well, Austin has the belt, but Sean's coming back in a couple months and he'll get it back. (laughs) Oh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And I would say maybe not the exact moment, but definitely one of the moments that turned the tide for WWF against WCW. Um, one of the most memorable promos, I would say, in wrestling history. All right, let's hear it. First things first, I got a little something, something I got to get off my chest right now. Uh-oh. I heard Hulk Hogan come out on television saying I couldn't cut the mustard. Well, Hulk Hogan, you suck, pal. I love that. (laughs) And these are your heels. I don't think you have any room to talk about anybody cutting any kind of muscle. Well, they'd be baby faces within a week. And Hulk, I got some some more advice for you. You better not stop short or Eric Bischoff will go so far up your ass, he'll know what you had for breakfast. This is the Again. first time they've ever mentioned Bishop on TV. Oh, yeah. Well, he's telling the truth so far. And now on to important matters at hand. 
I'm sitting at home and I get a call from one of my best friends of my entire life, Triple H. And he says, DX needs your help. Well, damn it, Triple H. Anytime you ever need anything from me, pal, you got it. And I got something else to say. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall would be standing right here with us. by World Championship Wrestling, and that's a fact, Eric Bischoff, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. Held hostage with their massive contracts. Right. They're held held hostage by the law. (laughs) They're held hostage by the fact that they're making way more money than Vince would have been paying them. (laughs) But... As big of a moment as this going to be, and WWF would have more, like, even bigger moments, you know, we're going to get to a moment in about two weeks' time that is, you know, like, legitimately the turning point. Like, WCW has two weeks left in their reign, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I was watching WWF more often than WCW, and, you know, you forget where sometimes this stuff lines up, the same night, 25 years ago, and listen, I'll tell you, Adam, Nitro sucked, okay? And listen, Raw wasn't much better. Um, you know, Raw still has, like, matches like Kurgan versus Chains. <laughs> uh, and listen, I love Double J, but Jeff Jarrett versus Agula. Um, the new Midnight Express v- beating the Headbangers for the NWA tag team titles. Still hanging on to the NWA thing. Uh-huh. Now, we do get the main event. Uh, because the tag titles were held up because the, you know, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie put the New Age Outlaws in the wrong dumpster. <laughs> uh, so the tag titles were held up. They had a cage match. Uh, the rest of DX comes out, helps the New Age Outlaws win the tag titles. Raw goes off the air. DX standing triumphant with Cactus and Chainsaw Charlie. Uh, they go off the air. And there's an announcement that's made to the live crowd that would uh, change the tide, uh, history, if you will, for a certain young man, maybe two young men, uh, and their their fortunes would never be the same ever again. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Nitro, like I said, still has trash, right? It's a three-hour show. So we have matches like Prince Iakea versus Glacier. Mm-hmm. We have High Voltage taking on Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom. <laughs> Bill Goldberg taking on Ray Trailer, you know? Yeah. But we had this moment, and I would say one of the greatest moments, not in Monday Night Wrestling history, nay, one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. Thank you very much, Bill. I still hate the use. Since I took care of Mr. Gennady so quickly, (laughs) I came prepared. Excuse me. Malenko, you claim to be the man of a thousand holes, but I counted, and you know about 60, but I know a thousand and four, and I wrote them all down. Here we go. Hold one, arm drag. (laughs) Hold two, arm bar. Hold three, the moss-covered, three-handled family gradunzel. Why doesn't he just mail us this list and we'll announce it? Arm bar. That's just Randy. Number five, the Saskatchewan 
spinning nerve hole. This must be meathead right. microphone night. You think so? Arm He's got 998 to go. Nine. Get the hook out of here. Uh, Shut up. Get a haircut. Number 10. Right-handed punch. Uh, we, we're back, fans. Hold number 712. Can we, Arm bar. Can we physically get him out of the ring? I can. Yeah, the, but you've got to announce. I know you can. Hold number 714. The Canadian. It's time for our second hour. Sluger. Can we get a kid to tell us when the bombs are going? We can take Hold off these stupid headsets. 23. Wow. I'm starting to get blown up here. Yeah, boy, you're not getting Hold along. Hold number 723. <laughs> he blew up a long Jericho. time ago. Screwdriver! Huh. Is it just going to stay in the ring? I mean, it, it, are we going to get some officials out to move him along? Still has several hundred more to go. They've cut his <laughs> mic. He's still reading taking up for him? Yeah. I'm not taking up for him. I'm just what trying to explain you the situation. On the old dot matrix printout. Yeah, he wants to write him down so he can use the next match. 700. This, and this is a long time coming. Being able to... Oh, uh, get out of here. And run him down. Prince Nakamaki. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree, Mike? 100% where's, uh, where's Paisley? Writing him down is one thing. Not only trained Dean Malenko, Jericho, he trained me as well. How about that? And you're not going to stand up here and dishonor his memory. Can't Yo, have nice Prince. things. Thank goodness for Prince Iakea. Said no one ever. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> oh, again. You, Chris Jericho, unblock me. <laughs> <laughs> unblock. Yeah, good luck. Shout out Kenny Pete. Thanks for the help, but... <laughs> Oh, but Jericho was, like, the only thing that I cared about in WCW at this time. Like, even the Raven stuff, like, I cared about, but it didn't resonate, like, the way the Jericho stuff did. Because it was watered-down Raven, but you were getting peak Jericho. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point, because I've already seen most of the Raven stuff in ECW, like, two years prior, and they're just rehashing, like, Dreamer and Sandman. Granted, with possibly better wrestlers than DDP and Chris Benoit. Uh, I don't know how many people Dreamer and Sandman have killed, but between DDP and Chris Benoit, allegedly three, right? And again, jury's still out on that. Right. But this was like a star being made, you know, with Jericho. So it was like, it was the only thing that felt like cool and fresh by this point. And it, like I said, in two weeks, it's it, it's like it's over and done with. You know, I'm excited for when we get to the Jericho stuff, when he starts to try to shoot the angle with Goldberg and how like how that ends up turning out for Jericho, you know? Mm-hmm. And we get when do we get Ralphus? Did we miss it or are we still together? No, no. It, the the Ralphus stuff starts with the Goldberg stuff. OK, so that's that's still uh, I'd, I'd argue that's still peak Jericho. No, no, but that's but that's what I'm saying is like. From here, like, the last couple weeks, like, when this started in January, up until, like, the end of the summer, like, this is peak Jericho, right? And again, I don't want to give everything away, but, like, him go to the Library of Congress and, you know, him reading off the list of the names of the people in the Cruiserweight Battle Royal. Um, Like, all of those things are great moments. And it's like, he's the one guy in WCW who just feels fresh and different and unique where everyone else just feels like they're going through the same old, same old watered down rehashed bullshit. Yeah. And I've said this many times before, like when the NWO started, when Hall and Nash debuted, like I, I was firmly a WCW guy, but I think I started to come back 
to my loyalty being to WWE when like Rock was on the Ascension, when Austin was on the Ascension. So by this point, I was firmly a WWE guy. And as soon as Jericho jumped ship, I was like, okay, there's nothing left for me in WCW. So it was no longer appointment viewing or even any segment of it. Yeah, but we're still a year and a half from Jericho jumping. Yeah. And it gets to the end of the year. It gets to like October of this year. And he's like in a TV title feud with Stevie Ray. Mm -hmm. And then he's off TV for like, then the TV title feud with Stevie Ray goes into a feud with Saturn. And then he's off, then he's in. And again, see, this is one of those things that I know because it's like, because of what it was, he's in the U.S. title tournament in like March, like a year from now, like a year from where we are. And he gets squashed in the first round by Scott Steiner. And then he's off TV for like three months. Like mm-hmm. nothing. Probably didn't because he didn't want to re-sign. And they just like, let's get him off of TV. So yeah. he's not fresh when he jumps ship, you know? Exactly. But that's the thing. He had just spent the last year like being the only thing fresh on your show. And, you know, things were different 24, 25 years ago. So people still remembered that. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is, it like when we were watching this live, I wasn't recording Raw or Nitro. So as soon as I saw something fantastic like that promo with the thousand and four holds, it was pretty much lost. And like you would try to like quote it to your buddies and maybe get some of it right. And it would take years and years, at least for me, to be able to even pull up a video on the Internet and be able to rewatch it. But I just remember like. So many of these great promos, them just coming and going and just kind of becoming myth to me and my friends. Adam. Yes. At this time, I had two VCRs. Well, see, I didn't record wrestling. I watched it. So I watched it and I recorded it. I would record it. Uh, you know, Nitro luckily was you. We, we had the night with the West Coast replay. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would watch, you know, W, you know, raw while it was on, and was taping it on an SP tape, and then I would tape Nitro overnight because I had the nine-hour tapes that SP would be three hours, mm-hmm. and then Tuesday, before I would watch ECW, which aired on Tuesdays, I would go and I would pull the Jericho and the Raven bits and put them on their own separate tape. <laughs> And I was doing the same thing with the Mick Foley bits on WWF TV. Mm -hmm. And we get there like later on in the year. Like this is the beginning of me doing that. Like I was taping ECW on SP and then I was retaping it, like editing out the commercials, right? With Mm -hmm. the two VCRs. But I was compiling the Jericho stuff and I was compiling the Raven stuff and I was compiling the Foley stuff. And then like, as like edge and Christian become a thing, like in the, like a following year. And then, um, Kurt angle, like I have, and I have all those tapes still. No, I don't have a VCR anymore, but I still have those tapes. Joe, I have a VCR. This is, we've just discovered a new tier for Patreon. (laughs) The Sposto library. (laughs) But it's stuff, you know, it's the original airings of stuff, but they're like, 25-year-old videotapes, you know? Yeah. (laughs) All right. But I'm saying, like, these things didn't leave my mind because I was sitting there, like, with a fine-tooth comb, like, frame by frame of, like, when to pick up. Like, I would see, like, the black for the commercials going. and like, okay, I can hit record. And I knew, like, how much time. Like, 
I was a devil with the ladies back then. Adam. I know you're surprised, <laughs> but. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I was just gonna say for me, I think it was it may have taken until like when did like reliable video on the internet start? Two thousand five, two thousand six, and even then it was slow. I'd say oh six was when it became like a more prevalent thing, where it was more than like it went from a clip being on a real player for like two minutes mm-hmm. to being like up to fifteen minutes, able to be like streamed with halfway decent quality. Yeah, so that was the time where I was like trying to remember like classic like DX stuff and NWO and Jericho and just trying to download them to my computer and they played in like like what was the resolution was like thirty by twenty pixels, yeah. you know? Oh well, we're I'm not old. You're old. I'm I listen. I'm the first one to admit I'm old. That's I do yeah. a podcast about wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. So that's enough about the past. We could sit here and talk about that stuff forever. Let's talk about the last week. Uh, in the world of professional wrestling, where would you like to begin, my good man? I'm going to start with AEW, and this is kind of like an overarching for the entire show and maybe like the last couple weeks of shows. But that is the Blackpool Combat Club of John Moxley, Claudio, and Wheeler Yuta just basically beating the shit out of everybody. <laughs> Backstage, they beat the crap out of Hangman, they beat the crap out of Don Callis, and I think... Moxley, like when he was going to smack the glasses off of uh, off of Cyrus, he, that's how he busted him open. I don't know. But then they had the match with Dalton Castle and the boys and just stomped them out in two seconds, and I love that. But the reason why it makes my things to talk about is at the end of the show, Kenny Omega just wrestled uh, Cobb, and obviously the Blackpool Combat Club comes out, starts beating the crap out of Omega, Danielson's music hits the first time we've seen him since he said he was going away to spend time with his family. Part of me is like, okay, he's going to, you know, have the back of, of hangman. He's that's what commentary kind of sold it as like a Blackpool combat club has just gone too far. Danielson's here to be the voice of reason. And it has been kind of set up that while Danielson's in the Blackpool combat club, he doesn't really travel in the same circles as those other guys. So, yeah, maybe he is here to do the babyface thing. But, Joe, the most perfect thing happened. He took out Omega. We have a fully armed and operational Blackpool Combat Club. And it's just cool that, like, a lot of times in wrestling you have these big stables of people that they want you to think are a dominant force. And I, I don't want to shit on WWE, but you can say, like, compared to, like, the bloodline. The Usos are a great tag team. You know, Solo's fine. Roman's the top guy. Roman's awesome. But, like, when you look at the Blackpool Combat Club, you can say, like, there's nobody who can stand toe-to-toe with them when they want to be just shit kickers. And I just – the visual of them celebrating after taking out Omega, uh, like – Again, I know wrestling's a work, but they, I was very much a kid watching that. I was uh, very impressed. Yeah, so this this crosses over with, like, two of mine as well. Like, you kind of put, like, two into one, and this is my two into one as well. Um, you know, for weeks before, like, as Danielson was leading up to the title match with Mox, like, he was technically part of the Blackpool Combat Club, but he really wasn't coming out with them, and they didn't have his back, so, like, they were giving us like an illusion of separation between the two. Right. Yeah. And Danielson goes and he, you know, cuts that heartfelt promo that he has to go home after the loss. And like, we don't know how long he's going to be gone for. So like him coming out was a surprise. 
And, you know, him coming out of the bad guy tunnel wasn't a tip-off because he's always come out of the bad guy tunnel, right? He's, yeah, from the very beginning. From the very beginning, as he pointed out. Like, hey, you know, it's like, I'm out of the bad guy tunnel, whatever. And I'm like, oh, baby, we're, we, we, like, we got, we're cooking with something here. And then when he gets in the ring and he chases everyone off, but he never touches any of them. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's going to happen. I go, oh, my God, it's going to happen. And it did. And it was awesome. And it was one of those things. That I'm not going to say, like, oh, I called it. But as soon as Danielson got in the ring and he didn't touch Wheeler or Mox or Claudio, I'm like, he's going to beat the shit out of Omega. And it's going to be awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, kayfabe-wise, like, it was awesome. Them just trucking dudes. Um, you know, they, they announced the whole thing with them taking on Dalton Castle of Boys. And whenever they have, like, multiple boys, I always try to look to see if I could recognize who, they like, the other ones are, you know? Because they're always other indie workers or just, like, other people goofing around. So I'm, like, th- I'm like squinting while I'm watching. And I'm like, eh, can I recognize? I'm like, oh, shit, here comes Claudio, you know? <laughs> and it was just awesome, right? Joe, next time Ring of Honor's in our area, you see if you and I can be part of the boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right on top of that. Right on top. <laughs> Listen, if they run the uh, – I'm, I'm making the hardcore press for them to do a house show at the Kingston Armory, you know? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be as close as they – you know, anyway. Um, but, yeah, like, I love all those dudes, and, like, Wheeler's, like, so coming into his own as a heel – um, and I have a feeling with Claudio being so strong heel on AEW TV, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting with his title match that he has this weekend against mm-hmm. maybe the strongest baby face in the world. Um, but like this stands out to me because, you know, we're on the road to WrestleMania and nothing new or interesting happened on the last SmackDown or last Raw since we last recorded. You know, it's the same old, same old. There's nothing happening. Like, to the, like WrestleMania is pretty much set in stone. You know, we could talk, we could sit here and talk about how bad that Austin Theory promo was because it was bad. Um, you know, we could talk about like the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn stuff, but like they didn't do anything new. They're friends now, and they hugged, and then the Usos attacked him, and yeah. they're gonna fight at WrestleMania, and that's it. You know, nothing major is happening. You know. They did show on social media the list of the people that are going to be in the Andre Battle Royal, which I think is happening on SmackDown, so it's not even part of WrestleMania. Yeah, that's correct. It's it's on SmackDown. Yeah, and it just feels as though, like, at this point, and listen, I get it. You know, you have WrestleMania set. You don't need to be doing, like, crazy big things on the go-home shows for WrestleMania. It's fucking WrestleMania. You're going to watch it or you're not going to watch it, right? Yeah. Um. But, like, I don't know, like, maybe this week on SmackDown, like, the bloodline lays out Cody and they leave him beaten and bloody, but they don't do that in WWE no more, right? Yeah, the best you're going to get is maybe they put him through an announce table. Or something, you know? It's Mm -hmm. not going to be anything interesting. Like, I'm going to watch WrestleMania. I'm not watching the whole thing. I'm actually out of town on Saturday, so I'm going to miss Saturday. Um, And then Sunday, it was like, uh, DJ's like, oh, you want to come up and watch it? I'm like... I'll sit home alone and watch it when I can. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly, I'm going to jump in and out of it, you know, as best as I can, like, because, and we'll get to it in a little bit, but there's, 
very little I care about, you know, and and most of it's like a goof while I care about it, you know, but they've done so much to take me out of the how much I was emotionally invested in Sami Zayn. I can give two shits if he beats the Usos, you know, it means nothing to me when if he, you know, if, if it ended night one with the him and KO receiving the confetti shower holding up the belts, I wouldn't care because I'm just so crestfallen from the the, the direction they went in. So and they're not even the main event. No, no, not at all. But again, out of spoilers for a little bit later, but right. Yeah, uh, I had seen a lot of praise online from some people that I follow that, you know, I respect the opinion of saying that Raw was a hot show. So I gave it a little bit more leash than I normally do. And I was like, "Eh, this is is the same as every Raw, you know, which is to say it's not something it's not for me. It's not that it's not for me. It's just. It's not like must see viewing. No, I'll pick up the clips that I need to on YouTube when I like, you know, that later that night. Oh, and I don't know if you've noticed this. Um, the two, and you know, I guess, well, you know, and we're gonna get into it because we have to do the does Joe know the card and don't want to spoil any of that. But the last week or two, WWE themselves have been taking all of the Roman, Sammy, Steen, Bloodline, Cody stuff. And putting it in one YouTube, like they put them up as individual clips, but then they put it up as like one nine, like depending on the week, like nine to 17 minute YouTube videos. You can just watch the whole thing as it transpired on the show. Yeah, because I mean, number one, it's certain people maybe like us are like, this is the only thing interesting that we would care about. And I feel like they're also trying to give Cody the rub. By saying that, like, oh, Sammy's giving Cody the blessing, you know? Sammy's happy with going for the tag title because his buddy, Cody, is taking care of Roman. You know, and that's all Sammy wanted. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people, listen, I'm not a Cody hater, but if you're not a Cody lover, I think you're a Cody, like, your brand is a Cody hater. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's going to be interesting to see how that post- you know, raw post mania raw is going to hold up for Cody. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, well, that depends on what happens. You know, depends on what happens. That's right. <sighs> all right. So the other thing I want to talk about, a little bit of a backstory on this, Joe. About a year ago, over the summer, I was at a bar in Cleveland, Ohio, getting drunk off my face with. With a certain ECW legend, Bill Alfonso. I'm glad you didn't say somebody else. And I, you know, I said, hey, Bill, hey, Fonzie, you know what would be really funny? I got this idea. It's a bit. And I, I whispered it into his ear. And he's like, you know what, Daddy, that's a pretty good idea. And, uh, and uh, you know, we all giggled. And then I stumbled home to the, to the hotel and didn't think anything of it. Didn't, it, wouldn't I be shocked to find out that I forgot that this plan was still on? Because at AIW this past week, uh, during the absolute world title shot, uh, Broski defeats Isaiah Broner, Josh Bishop, and Matthew Justice single-handedly with the mm-hmm. emotional support at ringside of PME and Steph DeLander. Some will say that Fonzie turned on Matthew Justice and joined the real ECW legends from the ECW that made money. Uh, but, you know, obviously, Fonzie turns on Matt Justice, and I, the, I was watching this live, and 
I was actually, you're not going to believe me. I was on the treadmill when this was happening, when the match was happening, and I was going to tweet out, wouldn't it be funny if Bill Alfonso turned on Bishop because, haha, Broski's an ECW original? And then I was watching the match, and then it happened. And I was like, God damn it, I should have tweeted that out. Now I'm going to seem like a fool. But uh, imagine how many likes that tweet would have gotten. I might have gotten like six or seven on that one. But I think you could have broken 50. No, no. My best tweet late, lately has been losing. People have been un, unliking it recently just to, <laughs> just to get me. Uh, but anyways, Broski's the two-time absolute champion. A lot of AIW fans are angry, which makes me happy. I hope it did great box office for Thorne. The new venue looks awesome. I would move the camera to face the stage, but that's just me. Uh, f- Overall, it was a great show. Like I really liked the the show as as a whole. But obviously, when Broski becomes an AIW champion, I have to bring it up. Uh, far be it from me to defend Broski, <laughs> and I could just end my statement there. But um, I like the addition of Bill Alfonso with Broski as a way to kind of heat Broski back up because. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've known this, Adam, but it's been three years, and Broski really hasn't changed up his shtick on the indies. He's but he's the indie god now. He comes out with a hat. I was going to say, he just wears a different hat. Sometimes it's a hat. Sometimes it's a crown. And it's not even like an original thing. It's like, what if I wear Indiana Jones's hat? Or what if I wear the Macho King crown? Or get a Cody neck tattoo. <laughs> uh-huh. He worked a bunch of marks, bro, with that one. <laughs> anyway. Dumb motherfucker. Anyway. Um, but... Um, AIW was severely lacking a top heel, you know, um, Derek and Ziggy, I guess were the closest to be that, but Derek and Ziggy are too cool. Um, Fonzie is someone who was beloved by the AIW crowd and for him to go with the now much more hated broski, I think that helps all parties involved and gives like. You know, because it's it's all about the chase, and you can't have good good guys if you don't have great bad guys, and so on and so forth. Um, I think Broski and his publicity might be doing Steph Delander no favors by comparing her to Sherry Martell. Um, let's not get into Broski compared himself to Macho Man. He's <laughs> he's barely Lanny Poffo, let alone Randy. Um, but uh, it was a big crowd for AIW. Um, the new venue, like I said, sold out. Um, this isn't, this isn't my show to bring these sort of things up on, but I know some of the, um, regulars may not have been happy about having to walk upstairs or pay for parking or not be able to sneak drugs in the building. (laughs) But listen, as promotions, if you want your favorite promotion to grow, then they can't stay in the same little pot that they've been in for so long. They have to go to bigger venues and sometimes those bigger venues come with rules yeah (laughs) and it's just the way life is sometimes man you know good luck to everyone you know i know thorne was happy with the way everything turned out and the show was a lot of fun yeah and can i just go back to that heel thing you were mentioning with aiw not really having one and you mentioned you know the production obviously uh dillinger ever since he won the uh intense title he's been healing it up and there's people that have wrestled at the top of the card, kind of in a heelish manner, whether it be Broner, Kaplan, or, you know, but for the most part, those heels are beloved by the AIW crowd. Yeah. And, and like, 
that's fine. You can love the Bitcoin boys. Like the Bitcoin boys as the tag champs are heels and the Duke, obviously. But at the end of the day, AIW fans love all these heels because they're their guys. Yeah. Broski's not their guy. So it's a heel that you actually legitimately in your gut hate, which is why it's effective. Yeah. <laughs> oh, listen, it's, it's, it's wrestling 101, man. You know, yeah. it's just sometimes, you know, you get blinded to it. Listen, I get blinded to it myself. You know, it's. Uh, when Double J's involved or OC's involved or Eddie's involved, you know, sometimes that like wall comes down and I'm like, oh, this is real now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of real, um, I I watched AEW All Access. Okay, I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but I saw okay. a lot of things, a lot of reactions on, on Twitter. So... I, I went into this uh, with much trepidation, and I will say one positive that I will take away from this, a lot of this particular episode uh, takes place in and around that episode of Rampage uh, that was in Atlantic City that I went to with uh, DJ and Brett. Okay. So I was hoping that I'm like, oh, will I see us on there? You know, like when they're showing like crowd shots or something and you couldn't see us where we were and, you know, crowd going in or coming out or whatever it was. Um, but Adam, as a whole, I hate reality television. It's not for me. I watched the first season of Survivor and I thought the first season of Survivor was good because it was new and it was fresh and like nobody knew how to play the game, if you will. Right. Yeah. It, but you were a huge Total Bellas fan, though. I've never seen a frame <laughs> of that show. Um, and then, like, season two of Survivor comes on, and, like, now you got people, like, already, like, I'm forming alliances with the person who does this, and I'm coming into my character as this, and I'm like, we're done. Like, we're done for me. Like, it goes on to be the biggest show in the world because that's what people like. But I'm like, okay, we're, like, the purity is gone. And I haven't watched a reality show outside of RuPaul's Drag Race since. <laughs> Um, this show is nothing like RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, so much of it feels cooked. Um, if you really like Adam Cole and Britt Baker, if you really like Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello, specifically their relationships with each other, if you really like the Young Bucks, not talking about why they haven't been on TV for eight weeks and saying we don't want to talk about it on a reality show, then this is the show for you. <laughs> but it's not the show for me. I watched the first episode. Uh, I think in like the opening montage, they show Eddie talking to Ruby Soho in the stands for like 15 seconds. And then there's another part where the Bucks come back and Eddie says, welcome back, guys. And that's Eddie's involvement. I'm sure the Eddie stuff will be online. I'll look for the Eddie Kingston stuff. I don't yeah. need to watch this show. It's not worth my time. Maybe it's worth your time. Maybe you love relationship stuff, and maybe you care about Britt Baker and Austin Jenkins' relationship. They said wow. his shoot name on the show, so I could say it here, right? <laughs> um, yeah, like I've said before, like a lot of times when shows like this pop up, I, I check them out out of morbid curiosity just because I like some of the backstage stuff. You know, I'm never going to be, you know, backstage at like a pay-per-view or anything like that. But I don't think there's going to be any urgency to me getting to it. I can see myself getting like five or six episodes on the DVR before I run out of other contents you know, that's more desirable and, and, and break down and watch it, especially based on your hard sell just now. There's nothing really there that I want to watch. Hey, listen, like I said, if you care about Adam Cole and Britt Baker's relationship, I don't if you 
care about Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello's relationship. Only half of it. And if you care about the Young Bucks, no. period, <laughs> then this is the show for you. I, I, as the only member of the soon-to-be-named network that likes the Young Bucks in-ring work, I don't want to see anything other than their in-ring work. All right. They show them working out in the ring with Brandon Cutler on the show. I saw on Twitter, you know, a bunch of WWE bots and stands like, oh, look at it. practicing moves. <laughs> that never happened in the WWE. Ugh. They, they fucking said in the pressers that Logan Paul has been working nonstop with Shawn Michaels at the Performance Center to perfect the match with Seth. Yeah. I saw obviously like Wrestle Cringe and all those other things, like showing like articles of how Steamboat and Savage worked out that match to like the second, you know. But again, don't try bringing logic into these arguments. Jesus Christ! Fucking anyway, internet. Yeah, that's all I got for this week. Same for me, Joe. But did you know, despite all of the things we've talked about so far, that there's a pay per view this weekend? There's several. Yes. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? All right, Joe. Name all of the matches on the collective this week. Um, <laughs> Mike Bailey versus 17 people, um, Joey Janela versus 16 people, um, and a bunch of sadness. <laughs> uh, you got it right on the nose. However, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, Ring of Honor oh! has the super card of honor tomorrow night, Friday night. There are eight announced matches. Joe, do you know the card? Uh, I think so. Okay. All right. We got uh, Claudio defending the Ring of Honor title against Eddie Kingston. Yep. Uh, We have Daniel Garcia taking on Tanahashi Man. Yep. (sighs) Is the... I don't think the six-man titles are being defended... Uh, they are. Oh, okay. Um, because I saw some talk about what's going on with uh, what's his face, Brian Cage. Um, oh, uh, Samoan Joe against uh, Mark Briscoe for the TV title. Uh, right, right. Um, Athena defended the Ring of Honor women's title against uh, Yuka, Yuka Sakazaki. Okay. Um, did I say Wheeler? Or no, I said Daniel Garcia versus Tanahashi Man. Yep. Uh, Yuta is defending the pure title against Shibata. Yep. Uh, Vikingo is taking on Commander. That's, yep, that's uh, six, I think, so far. Okay. So I have no clue who Brian Cage and the other two guys are defending the Ring of Honor t- uh, six-man titles against. No clue. I couldn't guess in a million years, right? Yeah, me neither. It's A.R. Fox, Blake Christian, and Metalik. Okay. Then there is the Reach for the Sky ladder match thing for the vacant Ring of Honor titles. Correct. I think there's six teams in it. One, two, three, four, five teams. 
Okay. Ugh. So I know uh, the kingdom is in it. Yep. I know the Lucha Brothers are in it. Correct. I know Top Flight's in it. Yep. Uh, that's all I can think of. Uh, New Japan team that gets jobbed out on Dynamite? <sighs> Brett and DJ's one of their favorite tag teams? Oh, Aussie Open guys. Yep. Okay. And uh, the other one is, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it, LaFaction Ingenerer. <laughs> is it? Oh, is it Roosh and uh, Vance? Preston Vance in it's this? Roosh and Dralistico. Hmm, that's okay. All right. Um, again, listen. Uh, okay, I didn't know two of the matches, but the rest of the card that I knew sounds like a really good show, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. My computer's going nuts. Bing, shut the hell up. I keep getting Bing pop-ups. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, like, obviously, Claudio versus Kingston is the selling point for this household. Yeah. But there's a lot of other good matches. I mean, I want to see Garcia versus Tanahasi. I want to see Yuta Shibata. Uh, Joe versus Briscoe is probably going to be really good. Athena versus Sagazaki is probably going to be pretty good. If you told me I could only watch WrestleMania or this show, I would choose this. Uh, I, same here. You know? I mean, it, it's just what I want. I, I'm... There, I'm not going to be able to convince somebody who doesn't feel that way that this is the superior wrestling, but this is what I prefer. Uh huh. You know? But with that being said, any predictions? Any big predictions from Ring of Honor? Eddie Supercard? wins the belt. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, I hope so. Eddie Eddie wins. <sighs> yeah, that's the main thing. Um. Mark Briscoe probably will win. Um, the TV title, Athena retains. Um, I know they just announced that like Brian Cage is finishing up, but I can't see that team that you named being the ones that win the six-man titles because there's so many way de- more deserving teams. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know. I guess... Blake Christian, like, signed with AEW a while ago, but, like, this is uh, the first time I'm seeing him on a card. I, I, yeah. I don't watch Ring of Honor television, so. Um, yeah, it seems like an odd group to put the belts on. Yeah, and then with the ladder match, um, I I think one of the two Lucha-style teams should win, but I think the Kingdom is going to win. Yeah, I think you get the heel champions. Yeah. Makes sense. You know, mer- put Marie on TV some. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I don't feel strongly one way or another about any of it. I'd like to see Eddie Kingston win just because obviously strap up Eddie. But if somehow Claudio comes out of it, it's not the end of the world. Nope, it's not. But uh, Eddie's going to win. Yeah. All right, cool. I guess because I just mentioned it before, we should probably talk about the other little indie that's running this weekend, and that is WWE. They're running WrestleMania, and I won't make you remember like between like which night is what, but there are, let's see, uh, 13 announced matches, okay. none of which are on the pre-show. Do you know okay. the card? So let me... 
do my so we got Cody and Roman given. Yep. We got Usos versus uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn. Yep. We got uh, Gunther versus Drew and Sheamus. Correct. Uh, we've got Austin Theory versus John Cena. Yep, that's four. Okay. We have Asuka versus Bianca. That's five. We have Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. Six. We have Edge versus uh, Finn Balor, heck in a sec. The Demon, heck in a sec. Mm. Uh, we have Ray versus Dominic. Yep. We have Seth versus Logan Paul. That's nine. We have uh, Damage Control against Becky, Trish, and Lita. That's ten. So I know there's two, like, uh, tag team showcase matches, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The men's tag team showcase match is... Um, Otis and, um, uh, Gable. Uh, yep. Uh, Ricochet, Ricochet and Braun Strowman. Yep. Street Profits. Yep, one more. I know it's not Maximum Male Models, but it should be. (laughs) No, but, uh, think of, uh, Max the Impaler ripoff. Oh, Viking Raiders. There you go. Now, the women's one is going to be a little tougher because it's all, like, makeshift teams. Like, I know it's, like, Natty and Shotzi. Yep. Um, It's Shayna and... um, uh, What the fuck's her name? Uh, Ronda Rousey. Correct. Carmella and poor Chelsea? Uh, You have the Chelsea part, right? but it's not Carmella. I think Carmella might be hurt. Uh, again? Yeah, maybe. Or she was taken off. I think, uh, I, I don't want to speculate, but she's okay. out of the picture. And then, okay, so I don't know who, I have no clue, because they've been building the two of them up on TV as like, anyway. Yeah, and then they put in Dewdrop, you know, Piper Nevin, and now she's out of the picture, and it is oh. now Sonya Deville. Okay, ugh, okay. Sonya Deville's good, but I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, don't um, ever, don't ever, ugh, Sony Deville. I like Sony Deville, <laughs> but like, there's like, it makes no sense for her to be in there anyway. Yeah, and then the other one is Raquel Rodriguez and someone. Yeah, Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. Oh, who could forget Liv Morgan? <laughs> so twelve out of the thirteen matches, you are forgetting the one match that Ed Cody cares about on this entire TV oh, extravaganza. Brock Lesnar versus Omos. There you go. <laughs> Like well, like like you know how you call a hotel lobby to get a, a wake up call in the morning. He has a, a notification call set up for when the Lesnar almost promo package hits. I think Ed's got at least five people that are on almost alert for him. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe. The only ma- I'm just to say from night one is supposedly main evented by Austin Theory versus John Cena. No, no, no. Okay. I that saw that graphic. graphic. Don't okay. let that graphic fool you. The okay. main event of night one is Charlotte and Rhea. Really? Yes. That's spe- even worse. <laughs> they specifically said that Cena and Austin Theory is the opening match on night one. Okay. Well, what I was going to get at is uh, 
any prediction for the first night? It's Austin Theory, Cena, Rollins, Paul, Damage Control versus the Legends, this Charlotte, Rhea, Usos, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Dom versus Ray. Okay. Anything jump out at you? Um, Cena should win the U.S. title because Austin Theory sucks so hard. Austin Theory sucks out loud, but John Cena, you know, he ain't sticking around. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's talk about let's talk about the role of the night after, okay? All right. So John Cena wins the U.S. title. Sammy and Kevin win the tag titles. Rhea should win the world, the women's title, right? Hopefully. Don't care about the six-woman match. Nope. Don't care about um, Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Uh, Dominic Mysterio should beat Ray. And I know Tim and Marcus kind of speculated this on Final Wrestling Place this past week, that I think the next pay-per-view is in Puerto Rico. Okay. And they should do something where, like, Dom sneaks over so we get, like, a rematch in a Latin American country or Latin America er Latin American area, and you do, like, Ray's mask versus Dom's hair. And then Dom loses the mullet at the <laughs> next pay-per-view. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. I'll just say, as far as the first night, uh, honestly, I, I want to watch the Damage Control versus Trish, Becky, and Lita only because, and this isn't a greasy response, but I want to see how bad Lita is because it's like a train wreck, and I feel like she's going to fuck something up. Uh, so I, morbid curiosity there. Um, again, I've lost all interest in the Sami Zayn stuff. They've 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 done it to me there. Wouldn't mind seeing Cena wrestle, even though Austin Theory is terrible. But, you know, how many more Cena matches do you got at Mania? So, but that's all I care about for night one. Uh, night two, obviously, Gunther defenses in the triple threat, the heck in the sack, the women's showcase, Bianca Asuka, Brock Omos, and the main event. Okay. Uh, Bianca wins. Um, no chicanery. She's going to retain over Asuka? Yes. Yeah, I could see Oscar winning that there. Nope. Uh, I disagree with you. Uh, I think Edge is going to win Hell in a Cell. I think yeah, I mean, how bad is it that I don't care? Like, right, what, I don't care, but that's what's what going to happen. No, I know. I'm just kind of editorializing. Like, man, Edge is back and wrestling in a Hell in a Cell against one of my favorite wrestlers, and I don't even care if I miss it. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> All right, go on. That's what WWE does to you, you know? Yeah. Um, Sheamus is going to win the Intercontinental title. Big who cares there. Um, it's a whole thing that they've been pushing, like, you know, um, uh, privately for a couple years, but like, really, they've been pushing it that the Intercontinental title is the only belt Sheamus has never held in WWF. Yeah, and he has to finish the story at WrestleMania. That's right. Um, I miss Valter. I don't know who this Gunther guy is. <laughs> He's been grabbing great matches, but I just miss Fat Valter. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to make a bunch of bold predictions now, right? Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. Almost is going to beat Brock. Okay, why is that? Why not? <laughs> let's just let's mix things up, right? Almost wins. Um, and then hopefully they have a plan for Omos afterwards, right? Because Brock ain't Brock doesn't have to stick around, but I'm assuming that Omos is going to be sticking around. So, like, I don't know, have him win, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll save the main event for last. Oh yeah, because 
Um, you have like, and listen, we don't do fantasy booking or whatever it is, but this is what I want to happen. This is what I've been writing in my dream journal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Friday, Andre Battle Royals on SmackDown. You know who's going to win the Andre Battle Royal. I, I don't know who's even in it, to it, be honest it, with you. Adam, it don't matter who's in it, because there's only one man. Oh, the bride okay. of Hagerstown, Maryland, <laughs> L.A. Knight, is going to yeah. win the Andre Battle Royal, right? Sure. He's going to – okay, okay. No, so I'm this, just saying, go ahead. I'm devil's advocate. I, he's he's going to come out on night two with the trophy, and he's going to make some sort of remark that, like, his whole thing is that he's going to give – WrestleMania, their LA night moment, which I love, right? Uh-huh. So he's coming out and he says all this shit and he's going to say whatever, like, I don't know, whatever, and he's going to get interrupted by somebody, okay? Yep. And he's going to brush up against someone. A lot of people are speculating Stone Cold. I've even seen people speculate in The Rock. I'm not going to shoot that high, at least in my opinion, but I think LA night night two of WrestleMania is going to eat an RKO. Okay. Listen, you got to have top guys brush up against top guys. All right. Well, what does Randy Orton have to do with that? Come on. Yeah. No, no. Come on. Randy Orton's completely irrelevant in 2023. The last time we saw him, he was hanging out with Matt Riddle. You may feel that way, Adam, but you and I, when it comes to Randy Orton in 2023, are in the minority, okay? You, if you said, I was about to say you can't pay me to watch a Randy Orton match, but I mean, I'm unemployed, so I'd take the fucking money, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's the only scenario where I will watch a Randy Orton match. Are, are you telling me that crowd, like, first of all, Randy's been off TV for a couple months. He makes the surprise return. He hits the RKO out of nowhere on LA night. That crowd's going to go crazy. Or, you know what would make the crowd go even more crazy? Mm. If, if LA night hit whatever the heck his finisher is on Randy Orton. Send uh, the like, fans home really happy. That ain't going to happen. But what's going to send the, homes, the folks home happy on Monday Night Raw is, is when John Cena, who had just won the U.S. title reopens the U.S. title open challenge and loses it to L.A. Knight. <laughs> uh, I'm only saying yeah. these things because Orange because Orange Cassidy and Eddie Kingston and Jeff Jarrett are not in the WWF. He's the yeah. only guy I got. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to argue that. I, I'm i fine with that. He lost me on the Randy Orton thing. That's the only part of this whole dream scenario that I'm just, like, not with. I'm I'd rather shoot, him take I'm a stunner. Low. I'm shooting low. I'd rather him take a stunner from Austin, a rock bottom from The Rock. I don't know, a leg drop from Hogan, brother. Oh, uh, please, good Lord, no. <laughs> Again, I'd rather it than Randy Orton. I'd rather. Oh, you know what? I'll even go you. I'll go you one lower, only because they're not on the card. Okay. All right. There's been YouTube bits of the New Day doing some sort of thing with Cinnamon Toast Crunch specifically with Cinemojis. And Adam, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know either. But I could see the LA Night New Day Cinemojis thing happening at WrestleMania. <laughs> A Cinemojic cinema match. You know, I don't know. It's just something. Like, uh, LA Knight comes out, he runs his mouth, the New Day get their big entrance, they have the Cinemojis come out, they do a thing. 
LA Knight runs his mouth, and the New Day all hit their finishes on everyone, you know? And then the Cinemoji is like, give LA Knight the stink face or something stupid, right? Wait, are the Cinemojis like people? Like, I thought that was like like an emoji. Adam, I have no fucking clue. Because <laughs> I don't know <laughs> nothing about no Cinemojis, right? Is it like I just know it's a thing. Reasons where they're going to be animated? <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. I think they might be people in like cinnamon, like cinnamon toast crunch costumes. It might be the three chefs, or then when they busted the cinnamon toast crunch thing down to just one chef. I don't know what it is, but I think that's like Rock Austin, okay, Orton, more than likely, New Day cinnamon toast crunch people with LA Knight. That's almost a guarantee. And before you get on to the the main main event, uh, conspicuous by its absence from Wikipedia, any mention of Bray Wyatt. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Could yeah. be anything, right? Exactly. No Bray Wyatt versus uh, Lashley anymore. But the main event, Joe, the tribal chief, the head of the table, Mr. Ooh Man, Roman Reigns versus the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and all of his little nightmares. I was going to say, Adam, are you a little nightmare? I'm not a little nightmare. <laughs> Did you say when you were eight years old watching World Championship Wrestling that one day you hoped you would be a little nightmare? <laughs> when I was, yeah, when I was eight years old, I was like, I want to be, uh, I don't know, I got nothing here. But go ahead. All right. Roman retains. That's a hot take that I've been seeing in, in you know a lot of group chats from you. Explain yourself. I love the idea. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love the idea. I want to hear why you think it would actually happen. Cody needs more time to cook. Cody getting hurt and not like being out for like six months kind of took a little steam off of Cody, I think. And listen, people will say Cody's just as over as he has ever been. Cody's this, Cody's that, Cody's everything else. So when you have, so what's a better story? All of the bloodline loses all of their belts at WrestleMania, and then Cody has no challengers going out of WrestleMania? Or all of the bloodline except for Roman lose their belts to prove that Cody promo wrong about how when they all lose their belts, all of this stuff will go away from Roman, and then Roman's the only one that kept his belt. You then heat Cody back up. Let's say have Cody win Money in the Bank. And then you do Cody and Roman 2 at SummerSlam, because WrestleMania is already happening. You do Cody's Roman at WrestleMania or at SummerSlam. You get Roman over a thousand days as champion. You get him to SummerSlam where it's like three years consecutively of him being champion. So you're hitting like two milestones with Roman and you have Cody win at SummerSlam. Cody needs to be heated up just a little bit more. How do you heat him up other than just delaying the run? Like what scenario can you actually do where you would make him look better? You do some sort of I don't want to say disputed finish. But you do some sort of finish where it's not Roman, like, stacking Cody up and, like, putting a foot on his chest or, like, hooking the leg and looking directly into the camera. It's uh-huh. a thing where both guys are unloading, like, their biggest shit, their biggest shit, their biggest shit. Cody hits whatever it is. And the way that they just roll over, like, he gives him, what the fuck's Cody's stupid finisher name? 
the roll like, the dice crossroads crossroads he gives them the crossroads but the way that they roll and the way that they land roman ends up on top of cody and it's roman's lifeless body on top of a depleted spent cody after Cody just hit his big move, but he's so spent he can't turn himself over to move Roman. Roman is out, but he's so big and on top of Cody, they count the pin. Mm. So, like, did Roman beat Cody? Yeah, but he didn't beat him decisively, and that's going to be a thing that Cody could use. Like, in the back of Roman's head, it's like, you beat me because I beat me. And then, like, you could do a thing where, like, it's not that Cody goes away and learns a new hold, but Cody comes in with something that's not going to put him in a compromising position as a finisher that, like, Roman can't be prepared for. You'd sprinkle in, like, uh, DJ and Brett mentioned this on uh, We Need Wrestling last week, where you have, like, a Japanese guy who, like, has a finisher, has a secondary finisher, and then those secondary, like, the first finisher, the secondary finishers become, like, almost moot. And then they come and, like, add in a new third finisher that, like, their opponent can't scout. And then they immediately beat, like, a top guy with it. And that new move is immediately over. You sprinkle a little bit of Japanese stuff in there. Cody, you know, lies and says that he's into that sort of thing. Um, (laughs) So you do something like that, that Cody brings something new to the table. And that what gets him. And then he decisively beats Roman at SummerSlam. There's no question about it. You fucking have, like, Cody with the American flag and his foot on Roman's chest. And they do the Earl Hebner 20 count, three count. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like all of this. But in my heart of hearts, if you told me that I have to bet the house on a result, uh-huh. bet the house on Cody. I, I don't bet money on professional wrestling, but by making a hot take on a match and selling myself on it, that's how I get more emotionally invested in a WWE match. Yeah, no, I got you. Like, I... Again, Vince loves the confetti falling to end WrestleMania, and nothing is more confetti than red, white, and blue stuff falling from the ceiling and fireworks if they're allowed wherever they're at, and just Cody holding up the belts and crying with his totally legitimate tears, you know, and just finishing the story. That's all they care about in WWE, and yes, Roman winning is what's best for your and I version of the business, but it just doesn't it's not their way. So I, I yeah, I can't see it. I'd love it if it happened, but I can't see it. Well, again, we will reconvene here next week and see uh how the chips laid, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh well that's it for does Joe know the card, Joe. Right. Um, I was gonna say, let's talk a little bit about show homework. That's right. So over on the Patreon this week, Adam and I are going to be discussing what I assigned for homework, which was that January. And again, the date gets a little muddy. Eh, January 19th, January 20th, whatever it was, episode of Thunder. Um, And then there is no homework assignment this week. Um, I don't know if Adam wants to tease what he'll be assigning for the following week. But I want to throw something out there. It's not homework. Um, I'll just say, if you enjoyed us talking about ashes of chikara movie okay a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago here on the podcast it was maybe like oh, three or four months ago maybe yeah about um a friend of mine who was very heavily involved with the project um 
has been posting up a lot of stuff that he's discovered, some B-roll, some behind-the-scenes footage, and stuff like that. And I'm going to have him on the podcast on the Patreon. He specifically requested it has to be behind a paywall, so it is. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot of the behind-the-scenes of the making of The Ashes of Chikara. So if that's something that's interesting to you, um, it's probably going to go up in the uh, Patreon within the next, like, two weeks. So we'll let you know here, but I got that cooking. Yeah, absolutely. Patreon.com slash Wrestling. So go sign up. But obviously there is no show homework, as you mentioned, but I will let the cat out of the bag. We will be watching The Marine 4 starring Mike the Miz Mazanin. Is he the only wrestler in this? Uh, no, it's funny you should ask that, Joe. I believe this is the one that has Summer Rae in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go out to Imdaba right now. And uh, the Marine Four. Uh, yes, I believe that. Yes, that's Summer Rae, but it has her shoot name on there. Brother. It's called the Marine Four Moving Target. So go ahead and uh, dig through all your DVD dump bins at Walmart. See if you can find a good deal. There really needs to be a Marine box set, like a Miz anthology set. No. Uh, that's who we will be watching in, you know, two weeks. And, oh, and you know what? Oh, we didn't even mention this, and with good cause. Um, the Miz is going to do something at WrestleMania? He's the host. All right. Comes from a long line of great hosts, like like Alexa Bliss. And, and Hulk Hogan. And I was about to say Bad Terry and The New Day. Okay. <laughs> Oh, you're lucky. I found my DVD. Oh, that's good. I, I was wondering if you were able to locate that in your DVD collection. I did. And uh, I will put in the Patreon uh, maybe some some direction on where you can go to also watch it. Yes, yes. But, all right. So looking forward to that in two weeks and uh, us discussing... Uh, I was about to say the correct listening order. We're going to be talking about that later tonight. But for everybody else, you know, listen to the regular show, then listen to the homework. That's right. Uh, so, hey, let's get into some voicemail, huh? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yeah, it's uh, me, Ronald Two Legs, uh, just calling in to say, uh, you know, thanks. For having me on the show last week, two weeks ago, whatever, however long that was. I appreciate you guys. Um, I want to say uh, thanks to Kenny uh, for his kind words on this week's show on his voicemail about my appearance. So thank you, Kenny. I appreciate you. You're a gem. You know that always good in my book. Um, thanks thanks to Joe because, uh, Joe, you made me feel really good uh, on Friday when you texted me. And uh, let me know that we were having, like, audio issues with the, the commentary, like, and pretty much just assume that I'm, like, anyone and not just the idiot who sits back there and hits the button at certain times. Uh, like, like I have some force and could say, hey, quick, guys, quick, the, you know, the so-and-so has gone wrong. We need to fix it. Like, they just already know. And, like, like I'm, I'm an important person. So that was good. They appreciate you, Joe. I'm sure you didn't text every member of the roster and tell them, hey, you know, fix that. You text me. So thank you very much. It made me feel good. Um, but, uh, just want to say too, I guess, <laughs> what the fuck, Ed? Uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about this guy on the show, on your show. He's like a main topic, like a guest every fucking week. 
And uh, I, I mean, I know I said a lot of mean things about Ed last week, but I think the meanest thing anybody could do, he just he just calls up this week and just completely ignores it, no tells me altogether, doesn't say a single word about any any of the jokes I made or anything about him. You know, I thought we were going to have a little banter back and forth. I never see this guy. This is like the only way we communicate is through your guys' fucking voicemail. So, but yeah, completely no sold me. Uh, three phone calls, not a single word. So, uh, fuck you, Ed. Uh, I guess. We're starting a few now. <laughs> no, it's like somebody else, and I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, anyways, uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Um, I'll talk to you, uh, I guess, uh, next time when I call back and say more mean things about it. So, see you later. <laughs> Get right, Pops. I, I definitely agree with Ronald Two Legs. More people need to say mean things to Ed, knock him down a peg or two. He keeps getting these 350-plus like tweets, keeps going to Taco Bell. He really needs to be humbled. Um, I, I think a lot of people are liking Ed's, uh, tweets and getting them over that 350 mark. So he continually eats Taco Bell and becomes a fat slob like me. <laughs> so he could be over 350 pounds for three right. likes. <laughs> I think it's a concerted effort by all of Twitterdom. Yeah, that's probably it. I like it. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I'm not going to bother Thorne with something like that. I know, um, you know, uh, Pat is an important cog in the machine over at AIW and I figured... He's a company man. That's right. If I'm going to bother anyone about audio issues, it's going to be the guy that like does the music at the very least, right? That seems close to audio. Right. I like and the I was logic. Say if, and if somebody messages me about it, there's nothing I could do. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, who do I know? Yeah. Well, I, I think you were in the right there. I don't know what he was talking about. And for somebody who doesn't like it when I curse, I'm pretty sure uh, Pat said fuck like four times in that voicemail. Well, he's talking about Ed. I, I okay. like to think that through our voicemail is the only way that Pat and Ed communicate now. Yeah, it's like a message board for them, a bulletin board. Right. It's like the movie The Notebook where they like leave a message. <laughs> I've never seen The Notebook. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's The Notebook or another one like that where like. It's a fucking mailbox where the messages travel through time or some shit. I don't fucking know, right? All right, that'll be show homework. <laughs> no. <laughs> the notebook. No, I hear it's a no, sad movie. There's no wrestling in it. All right. All right, next call. Thank you, Pat. Next call. Hey, Adam and Joe. It is Kevin Ford. I hope you are still on good terms after discussing Mattel Creation Nitro Arena after today's episode. But I'm calling to wish you both a very happy WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> I've got the cinnamon toast crunch in the pantry. Yeah. I've got my last two pitch black zeros in the fridge. That is no joke. Yeah. I have been holding on to them, saving them for WrestleMania weekend. Something special. Maybe even after the Dre on Friday when LA Knight absolutely wins it. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking about, you know, cinnamon toast crunch and Mountain Dew and all that stuff. And I'm curious. Do you guys have any favorite foods to have for a WrestleMania or just maybe a wrestling show in general? Something that you like in a group setting. I know you guys tend to get together with uh, some of the other people on the network. Uh, something that you particularly like or request if you're going over to someone's place. Um, and something else I was thinking about is, is it possible that the Usos versus Sammy and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania is the biggest tag match in WWE history? Now, History, I think, is in their favor because it's not as if WWE's had these amazing tag team feuds. There's been some big matches, like like things that come to mind as like um, arguments for that would be like TLC two, maybe even another one of those TLC matches, or uh, 
you know, even when like um, Jericho and Benoit beat Triple H and Austin on Raw, or even I think about like fully loaded 98 when it was like Austin and Taker versus Mankind and Kane. Like at, the, at that time, that was really like the four top guys in the company. But as far as like a long story that's getting into it, WrestleMania, maybe the main event of night one, I feel like this might uh, be a contender for their biggest tag match ever. So let me know your Mania eats, uh, what you like, what you think you want to be having this year, and uh, what you think about this tag match. Looking forward to hearing the episode. Hope you both have a tremendous, fun wrestling weekend. I do agree with Kevin. Like, as much as I, you know, kind of buried the match itself, I do agree with Kevin in saying that the Usos versus Sammy and Kevin, based on how long this storyline has been going, might be the most, like, I don't want to say the greatest tag team match ever, but definitely has the most stakes based on the fact that it's been built up for a year. And I don't think that you can really look back at any of those classics like the TLC or anything like that and say, well, that was a culmination of a year long storyline. So, I mean, I can kind of agree with him based on that, you know? Yeah. He makes a good point. I'm sitting here trying to think to myself, like, you know, obviously you had bigger names in a match, but like just the way that WWE is, it's damning it with faint praise by saying it's the biggest tag team match because just the way that WWE like considers tag teams. Yeah. Um, I definitely think, and this is not a knock on the Usos, but I think it is and can be as big as possible because of how hard Kevin and Sammy have worked on their characters over like the last however long, you know, you want to look at the last 12 months. You want to look at like the last two years, three years, four years, whatever it is. But it's their character work that makes this match important. You know, I was watching, I was watching the, um, the WrestleMania 24, um, from about last year's WrestleMania, right? Um, do you remember, Adam, who the Usos defended the tag titles against at WrestleMania last year? No clue. Okay. They defended the tag titles against Nakamura and Rick Boogs. <laughs> Nakamura, who's not even in the Andre this year, and uh-huh. Rick, Rick Boogs, who might be in the Andre? I think he's in the Andre, but he's coming back from an injury. But, yeah, so, like, that was a match that was just, like, hastily thrown together just to have the tag titles defend at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kevin and Sammy versus the Usos is an actual, like, story, you know? Yeah. Um... So as for eats and stuff, um, I like a good pizza, nice big greasy pizza with onions. Uh, that's always a good thing, you know. I, I'm a big fan of, and Todd brought up, you know, huge wrestling fan. Todd, your co-host from Longbox Heroes, uh, brought it to Brett and DJ's last time. But it's the, uh, I guess the place used to be called Dukes in our area, but the steak and cheese pizza that's like has the crust on the top and the bottom, so it's like. Like a sandwich pizza, if that makes sense. It's not like an ex- open top pizza. I don't know how to explain it. But that, I could, if you put that in front of me, I would eat that until I exploded like a chicken. <laughs> you know, like there's, I, I, there's no amount of that that's too too much. It's the best thing on the planet. Uh, and I will not allow myself to eat that unless I'm at like something like a pay-per-view party. Because right. if I start setting the precedent that I'm allowed to buy that when I'm at home by myself, I'll eat it every day and I will be like 500 pounds. Cool. Join the club. 
<laughs> it's not happening. I'm and it, now when I go somewhere, of course, that's different than watching the shows at home. But like when I watch Mania Night Two by myself, I'll probably pour myself a nice drink. Uh, you know, little Jack Daniels and a big tumbler, a lot of ice, a little bit of Diet Coke, mm. and then uh, enjoy the wrestling a little bit more. And that's like usually like for for a very long time, that was like the one day a year that I would allow myself uh, a nice drink, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, for WrestleMania, it's just, again, I'm going to check in and check out. I'm going to be watching baseball for the most part. So it's just going to be whatever I would normally eat on a Tuesday is going to be my WrestleMania meals, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Next call. Joe, Adam, this is Jenna. Um, I was listening to a pod last week, and I just wanted to say um, I didn't really appreciate kind of the tone uh, regarding the VCW raffle. Um, and so I looked into it, and it's still within the statute of limitations. No, it's not. Um, so I just wanted to let you know uh, that I have retained the services of one uh, smart Mark Sterling Esquire uh, nice. to uh, press charges uh, regarding uh, some improprieties, let's say. Uh, regarding the Valley Championship Wrestling raffles uh, that took place between the years of, I believe, 1999 uh, and 2000, 2001. Um, so just be on the lookout for some paperwork to come across your desk here within the next couple of days. That's all. Uh, thanks. Wow, Joe, you are fucked. Yeah. First of all, I didn't realize that you screwed Jenna. Uh, second of all, the fact <laughs> that Jenna retained Smart Mark Sterling, like... You're done, man. I would uh, start hiding money overseas. Mm. Uh, thank you for your call, Jenna. Uh, second of all, uh, if I see you this weekend, I'll give you what for. Uh, <laughs> thirdly, uh, I'm sure this case will go as swimmingly as all of Smart Mark Sterling's previous cases. Uh, he, he's got a good record. Uh, I think, like Again, what you see on TV doesn't reflect what happens behind the scenes. No. What he gets done for his clients. Uh, yeah, I, I get all of my all of my lawyers and accountants <laughs> and stuff like that I get from the wrestling world. You know, I was, I was gonna say you get them specifically from Brian Myers's wrestling academy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If I need a butler, I get one from. Yeah, them. there you go. That's Great right. Pro. Uh, yeah, that's about it. But <laughs> all right, again, sorry to hear that Joe screwed you, Jenna. Oh, God. All right, thank you for your call, Jenna. Next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. WrestleMania weekend. Oh, I'm so excited. I, I had questions I was debating on. I had points I was going to make. I, I had all sorts of stuff. But honestly, I'm just excited to finally here. Call on Thursday night, obviously, before you guys record the show. I get to hang out with my best friends this weekend. We're going to watch a ton of things on TV. We're going to eat way too much food. We're going to have an absolute blast. And then myself and my son will watch night two of WrestleMania together Sunday night. He's not looking forward to it at all, but I'm hoping something will grab his attention for it. I, I have so much I want to talk about, but I'm limited to one phone call in three minutes. Guys, what are you most excited for this weekend? For for any of the shows, for any event going on, if you haven't already discussed it, like what, what's the thing you're most excited about? Uh, I can't wait to see the main event for Ring of Honor Supercard. Yep. There's some crazy matchups with, like, GCW and DDT. Uh, I actually really want to watch Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, and, of course, WrestleMania. NXT has stuff that I'm excited about. Like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I can't wait for this weekend. 
I'll probably, I'm sorry, you both gave me your phone number. I'll probably message. I'll probably be all excited for it. (laughs) What for everything going on this weekend are both of you most excited for? I can't wait. Let's all have a lot of fun this weekend, guys. All of us. You guys. Everyone mentioned uh, for podcast plugs and feeds and stuff. Like, everyone, let's just have a blast this weekend. Enjoy some wrestling. So much stuff in the world sucks. XPW sucks. Joe didn't bring up that already. So, nope. Like, there's so much shit in the world, and we get to just come together and be huge nerds and enjoy some fucking wrestling this weekend. Let's have lots of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Love you guys. Love the show. Love my friends I get to hang out with. I love wrestling. Let's fucking go this weekend, guys. <laughs> Bye. He's on, he's on the nightmare narcotic, apparently. And uh, I'll, I'll just say, I don't know if it was whether it was Doxy or Kurt from the stink sheet, but I saw that picture from XPW, and I'm glad that we're not talking about that. Let's just leave it there. Uh, but yeah, I think we already talked about, like, we're both most looking forward to Claudio versus Kingston. I'm not really plugged into any of the other indie shows that are running. I'm not going to check out any of them. So, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be lots of good ones running over the weekend. But honestly, aside from seeing clips on Twitter, I'm not going to experience any of it. So Ring of Honor is what I'm looking most forward to. And then maybe Cody Roman, depending on how well it's done. And that's about it. Other than that, it's baseball for me this week. Um, Yeah, like I said, you know, I... I joke, but I'm serious. Uh, I'm excited to see what triggers they pull with L.A. Knight this weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, it's your guy, man. Hey, and you worked yourself into a shoot, you know? Yeah, and I worked myself into a shoot with all these figure announcements. No L.A. Knight figure. Come on. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. That's bullshit. We'll that. That's what that is. <laughs> anyway, next call. Hey there, Joe and Adam. It's the other JB here. Uh, again, thank you for your recommendations on uh, Rowdy, Raleigh Piper. Uh, very much appreciated those. I also went back and watched a uh, couple of Piper Spits. Uh, those were fun to watch. Um, obviously, there's the uh, Andre one. It's great. Um, so, um, this past weekend was AIW216. I unfortunately was unable to attend in person, oh. but I was also... A, but I was able to watch the live um, play on fight. Uh, how about that? Uh, that main event was something. Um, was. So I think in uh, maybe not in honor of, but in reference to um, the events that transpired in that main event, um, I was wondering if you could give me a couple of recommendations on Taz, seeing as that he is uh also, um, he's had the unfortunate honor of being uh, turned on by uh, Bill Alfonso. So, already, let me know what you got on Taz, and already, thank you. Oh, man, I was hoping JB was about to ask for Broski match recommendations. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I, I, how do you narrow it down? But... You got the Nick Gage match, and that's about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he got the ladder match, Mania, you know, Intercontinental title win. He's got, you know, the major moments winning the tag titles against FTR. Come on, that's probably that, a good match. That, that's more of an FTR and Brian Myers moment than uh, a Broski moment. But sure. sure. Okay. <laughs> um, but Taz matches, what do you got? Obviously, Taz, Sabu, Barely Legal's probably got to be one of them, right? 
Uh, that match really ain't that good. But from a like just a memory, like a good memory type thing, you know, it, that, the culmination of years of buildup. Y- you would have to watch the buildup from November of 95 to April of 97, like all the Taz promos. Like, just to watch that match cold, I don't even think the video package that they do on the pay-per-view does that um, program justice, right? Yeah, I I think it's one of those things where, again, I'm looking at it as the total package. You know, and I'm Dennis Reynolds here. I'm like, I'm I'm holding on. We're all going to get off at this conclusion here. (laughs) But I will say, Taz has had a bunch of really good matches, a lot of really good moments. Um... You know, you want you, moments I could sit here forever and give you a million Taz moments. Taz matches, you got the two match, the two pay per view match program that he did with Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, historic, crazy, uh, just two very different bruiser types, uh, just beating the ever loving shit out of each other. Um, there is. A not it wasn't it wasn't on pay per view it was at one of the ECW arena shows. This would have been like summer of '98, where it's Taz versus Shane Douglas, and that's really good. Um, there's another one that wasn't on pay per view that was from the arena from '98, where it's Taz versus Two Cold Scorpio, and that's really good. Um. And that's the thing, like, off the top of my head, like, so many of Taz's matches as, like, Taz that we know, like, the human suplex machine in ECW, so much of his stuff was squashes, you know? Yeah. So, like, watching a dude, like, squash another dude cold, unless you're watching, like, the whole storyline, like, I'll, I'll, you know what, I'll relent and say, watch the Sabu uh, Taz match from Barely Legal, um... But, you know, going into it cold, I don't know if you're going to have the same experience as, like, getting all those promos and everything. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's something online that's, like, a compilation of the build-up to it. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely try to look that up, you know? Yeah. All right. Thanks, other JB. Yes, your promo against Your promo against MJF was kind of okay this week. Not the greatest. Yeah, don't be swearing so goddamn much. Yeah, you know, we get it. You're angry about him calling out Anna Jay, but, Mm -hmm. you know, let's 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 be better than that. Listen, and Jonas already has his eyes on Anna Jay anyway. So (laughs) that's neither here nor there. Yeah. All right. All right. It's pink button time, Adam. Are you ready for Ed? I'm buckled in. All right. Hey, Jonas. It's Ed. Um, I'm listening to your show currently. I just got to the part where you're talking about him next week as a WrestleMania uh, the Raw after WrestleMania 14, and I pulled over just to be able to make the sauce I wouldn't forget because it's so important to me. So, I'm going to keep back to that Raw. Um, you know how, like, uh, like I don't know if either of you were poor and couldn't afford pay-per-views, but my family was poor and we just couldn't afford pay-per-views. So, I could watch them in television or I could wait to the bus stop to where my son Casey would tell me what happened, right? There you go. Um, but, I wasn't allowed to stay up with many on the old scramble vision because the next day I had my fifth grade field trip, which was a four day camping trip, right? Fifth so grade. my mom was like, absolutely not. You're not doing that. Um, so I'm like, all right, well, I'll just wait till I get to the bus stop and, uh, ask Casey, like, uh, everything that happened. But guess what? Casey didn't come to work, or, uh, come to school because he was up watching that pay per view and his mom wouldn't take off. 
I go on this fucking camping trip <laughs> for four fucking days. Because me and Casey just learned all the news about wrestling. Not know at all what fucking happened. No clue for four days. I just had to sit there and wonder, Stone Cold Steve Austin win? Did uh, Kane win? Uh, what about Cactus Jack and, uh, well, she didn't sell Charlie. Nothing. I wasn't allowed to know anything for four fucking days. I remember just being miserable. Because, first of all, I hate camping. And, second of all, that was, like, my first WrestleMania. So, I was going to be able to, like, pay attention to it. I, I had to go, uh, multiple days without knowing what happened. And it wasn't brutal. Uh, let's be real. I'll call back. Hey, bye. Sucks being a poor. I was going to say, I think Ed uh, is being cursed with uh, having a poor phone connection as well. Boy. <laughs> that too. Yeah. That's the scramble vision he was talking about. Right. Um, but no, we had an, I had an illegal box. Yeah, I had I, I had uh, in the early days of DirecTV. It was after this, though. But like I'd say during the Attitude Era and the WCW, like NWO to the fall, uh, I, all of that was free DirecTV. You know, it was somebody did the Jimmy on the card and mm-hmm. yeah, got all the stuff. But, we had like a box, and when our cable provider in our area switched to the new boxes, we just never went and got a new box. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a gimmick that you could do with the old box where it was like these like physical buttons that you would have to push down to go to the channels. And if you went to the pay-per-view channel and stuck something in on that button so the button stayed down, it would give you the pay-per-view for free. <laughs> All right. And yeah, no. Good. yeah, we were able to use that from like 96 until like 2001 where like they switched over whatever the cable was and we had to go and get the new box gotcha yeah no i think i was good from like maybe 99 to like 2004 yeah we'll we'll call them comped pay-per-views yeah (laughs) they were on the house yeah (laughs) all right ed called again hopefully his connection's better all right hey joe and adam it's ed um a big week. I recorded some stuff for Hayabusa. Um, I'm waiting for that truck to clear. So <laughs> we need to see some product first. Send that to my agent, Leonard F. Carson. He got hit by a bus. Uh, that that would be appreciated. But uh, you see me on Twitter today? I made Jim Cornette people and Young Bucks people mad in the same Twitter thread. I win. I win. I win Twitter today. That maybe maybe Kurt wins Twitter because he got to find that tweet with someone was arguing with him where uh, they uh, admitted that their grandpa was a Nazi. <laughs> so that's fucking crazy. So he might. I like to think I, mine's more wrestling related. It, so I like to think mine is uh, more important. <sighs> I'll call back later. I just wanted to brag. <laughs> I I don't know what he's talking about, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, Ed made a remark about how come no one calls um, Nick Jackson young buck bald like they call (laughs) Dax Harwood FTR bald. All right, that's good. And Ed ended up getting both pro cornet people and pro young buck people at the same time fighting with them over and that let one. me ask you this are cornet people anti-young buck Just oh yeah 
I don't know the circles. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he just basically started a turf war. Yeah. He, he lit a match and then got out of there. He got the Hatfields and McCoys to work together against him. Oh, they unified against Ed. Yes. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, he started a fight and then, like, the two groups went after against each other. I didn't realize he said he unified them. Jesus. No. <laughs> he had... Um, he had like the Cornette people coming and saying, you just stole that from Cornette, obviously, uh, or no, he had the, the young buck people coming and saying like, you're just a Cornette puppet. You just steal everything he says, blah, blah, blah. And then the Cornette people came and said, that's not why they call FTR bald because he's bald. No one calls him that you're just being a hater. Oh. It sounds exhausting to be Ed. I, listen, I well, I, I don't think it's exhausting for Ed, but I think it's exhausting for a regular person. How about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I, I couldn't do it. I, I'm glad I'm in my little corner of Twitter. <laughs> like Ed, right? Ed is texting me as we record, lamenting that he wants to fly out to L.A. so that he could stand next to Max Landis at the Circle Six show. <laughs> Uh, and he's he's not even like he's only half joking you know like right thinking about it um but ed does have one more call adam i think this one's for you all right hey it's ed and baseball's fucking stupid and i don't (laughs) like it anymore (laughs) i think he called today with that one uh is that it that's the whole call that's the whole call oh okay well because uh, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but the New York Yankees opened their season at home against Ed's beloved San Francisco Giants. And before the game was uh, – before the game – I was about to say tipped off. Before first pitch, uh, Ed tweeted out something uh, to myself, and he tagged also the boar. Uh, so rather brazing of him of, to do that. But uh, basically just saying like he's about to make us sad, and then he put a bunch of pictures of like noted – Famous Giants fans, including but not limited to Vince Russo. Uh, but then the Yankees just completely beat the doors off of the Giants <laughs> in, in the first game. You know, who knows? It's at least a, a I think it's a three game set. But the first game, it was not close. It was not close. Uh, Judge, the best player in all of baseball, hit a home run. Garrett Cole threw 11 strikeouts, went six innings. Uh, pretty much made the Giants look like like a minor league team. And I don't know. Do you know why that rubs extra salt in the wound to Ed, Joe? I, I do. Um, it, I remember this from sports talk. Okay. Uh, wasn't the rumor that Aaron judge was going to leave the Yankees and go to the San Francisco giants. Yeah. The giants were the team that the rumor is that they offered the most money. Uh, and it got so close that like one of the, uh, like the, the famous sports, you know, Twitter people like writers uh, tweeted out that like he's hearing that the deal is done, you know, Aaron Judge to the Giants. And then like he deleted the tweet like at 20 minutes later, but it was a scary 20 minutes for Yankees fans. <laughs> uh, but like that was one of the things that uh, was, I sure I'm sure for Ed was 20 minutes of like pure joy followed by a couple years of misery <laughs> because uh, obviously you didn't get judged, but I- I'm sorry your opening day didn't go as well as you had planned, Ed. But again, you know, 
one of these days we'll go to a game. We'll go. I'll I'll treat you to a hot dog. And listen, Ed, it's not like there's not 162 more games for the Giants to play, right? It's just one game. It's no big deal. But it's only one of three against the Yankees. Oh, that's right. And they only play the Yankees three times this year. So uh, I, that's one thing. I, and not to get too deep into this, I, we're probably going to talk about it over on Sports Talk. But the, they went to a balanced schedule this year. So you play your division rivals a lot less. And they made it so that you play every single team in the league. And I think that the, the Yankees will go out to San Francisco for a series. Mm. You know, whether it's two games or three games. But uh, you now play every single team in the league. I missed when the American League just played the American League and the National League just played the National League, and the only time that they mixed was in the World Series. I mean, that was more than 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's when I stopped watching baseball. Fair enough. All right. But uh, Giants look good, Ed. Like, I'm sure Ed did not watch a second of the game. Uh, Giants pitching looked really good. Their starter, uh, Webb was pretty much just as good as Cole. He had 11 Ks and I think he went six innings. He just basically there was two balls that he threw that he didn't get back. And that's what the difference was. So I'm calling now Aaron judge MVP two years in a row. Fuck Shohei Otani. Unless Otani joins the Yankees, then he's cool. He can be the MVP. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Ah, but that's it for voicemails. That is it for voicemails. Yes, sir. All right. And if anybody else wants to call in and talk baseball, let's do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't don't you don't listen to him. You can call. I don't listen. I don't screen the calls, but I'm exactly. just saying. Just uh, Joe will sometimes look at the Google Voice translation if you start it off with like, "Hey guys, great episode of Dynamite this week," and then just like trail off into baseball, he'll never know. No, I so what I the only thing that I look for when I download the call and it shows the Google translation is I look to see how Google translates the way that the person calling says Joe and Adam. Okay. Um like for example. Uh oh did I? Oh, oh yeah, there's... there's Ed. So uh there's one where it says it came through as Jonathan. <laughs> All right. And here's no transcript for Pat's call. Fair enough. Um, here is where it comes through as Joan Adam. It's dad. <laughs> and I like this one. Like, so here's Kevin Ford's call. Here's Jenna's call. Where, uh, and here's JB's call. Where, like, they speak very clearly and it comes up as Joe and Adam. But, like, when it comes up as Joan or Jonathan, that's the best. Yeah, some people have proper dicti- diction. <laughs> Right, some of you don't. You know? You're not one of them. No, I'm clearly not. I'm very marble mouth. That's why I do podcasts. So exactly. People have to suffer through it. Uh, so hey, listen. Uh, you want to help out the show? Uh, we already mentioned the Patreon. We're going to be recording the uh, homework, talking about that episode of Thunder from January of 2000 here in a little bit. Uh, and that'll go up sometime, uh, you know, Friday morning ish. Uh, the episode of Thunder will be in there for like another week since we ain't got nothing coming up. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, you can go make a purchase through our eBay affiliate link. And uh, when you click on links to various merchants on this site to make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. Uh, and you could also make a get a shirt from our T Public store. No sale this week, but when there's a sale, we'll let you know. And that's when you got to hit it. 
Yeah, and I've also I didn't even talk to you about this, Joe. I, I'm in the the works to try to get us uh, an affiliate promo code with uh, a, a certain website, and it's not one that we've talked about before off mic. So, uh, looking into it, seeing if I can. Oh, get a, interesting. Uh, it's one that uh, you and I would actually use. Not that we were probably not allowed to use it, but <laughs> our friends would use it. So, uh, looking forward to getting shot down on that one, or getting approved and then having it taken away from us a week later. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Will do. But you know what else requires good luck? Not listening to these podcasts, because that doesn't require good luck. That just requires a podcatcher or an RSS feed. And those are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hayabusi, and for some strange reason, We Need Wrestling dropped their episode again super early. What is up with those guys? They're getting together earlier, recording, and then hanging out. Uh, again, like that's fine, but I, I have a system here. I'm used to getting the alert. That the episode comes out at like one o'clock in the morning. I don't like change, Joe. I agree. Um, so you mentioned those podcasts. Hey, I would be remiss not to mention that. Uh, Let's hang out is back on the 22nd of April. Um, eh, three weeks away. Is that something like that? Uh, tickets go on sale tomorrow over at merchbin.net. Uh, I'll have the link in the show notes. Uh, first match announced is a handicap match of Big Dan taking on the team of Jakob Hammermeyer and the monstrous Bojack. Uh, other folks announced uh, for the show is Cheeseburger, Puff, and Jeff Cannonball as a tag team called Soda Pop and making their debut at the LVAC Sazzy Boatwright. More people to be announced. More matches to be announced. There was a band announced, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know the band. I don't stay for the bands. I, that's not my kind of music, but that's not. that doesn't mean it can't be your kind of music. Uh, this is the next time I'll be leaving my house in a public way. Uh, <laughs> come to the LVAC show. They're always lots of fun, and uh, hopefully I can announce more concrete dates uh, for the summer at drive-ins or at steel stacks or anything like that. Yeah, and hopefully uh, there's some coordination between companies to make sure that people uh, are available. And that don't look like it's happening until December. <sighs> All right. Well, I think that's it for the regular show. Uh, hey, uh, weekly purchases. Oh, hey, I forgot about that. Right. Uh, so, okay. I think I forgot to put this in the email to you, right? But I do have it in my notes, okay? And listen, no one loves Double J more than me, right? That's true. Not even Double J. Not even Double J. Um, and Double J's Twitter is typically a motivational quote every day, okay? Mm. Um, and then the other day, I saw one pop up. And it was a motivational quote from Derek Jeter, okay? All right. But then, also with the tweet, was a link to sign up for the motivation app that auto-does the motivational quotes for the Jeff Jarrett Twitter account. <laughs> and then okay. that tweet was deleted, and then just the Derek Jeter quote went up like five minutes later. Uh, but I got a screen cap of that. Um, so right. it's motivation.app. Uh, if you want to have the same uh, motivational quotes on your Twitter that Double J has. 
I wonder if it's completely randomized or if everybody who uses the app gets the same quote uh, like on the same time. That's a you good know, question. Like if you got it and set it to just tweet out, like would you and Double J be tweeting the same thing? I didn't look that far into it, but um, I don't want to say that I was surprised to learn that Jeff Jarrett was cooking the motivational tweets on his app. <laughs> it is very carny of him, so I respect that. That's right. I mean, it's one step away from a live, laugh, love sign. <laughs> that's true. Uh, anything else in your purges this week? No, that's all I got in my purges. All right. I'm thinking about purging a couple comics this week. Oh, okay. I've been scanning, or not scanning, but I've been photographing for my daily CGC thing uh, some books and uh, a little kayfabe break. And I, I, I may have a couple in the hopper, you know, so that I'm not taking a picture every single day. Uh, and there's been a couple of them that I'm like, yeah, I don't need this anymore. So I, I think I might be throwing a couple books up on eBay this week. But that's about it. Well, good luck with those. All right. Now let's get to the best part of the show, Joe. All right. We'll see how this goes. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> All right, Joe, before we get into wrestling figures that have been recently announced, recently went up for pre-order, any kind of discussion or purchases there, too, do you have any non-wrestling weekly purchases? I do. Um, Mentioned it over on Longbox Heroes this past week, friend of the show, um, longtime listener of the show, um, Jason Sandberg is doing a self-published comic. Uh, Jupiter, he did it back in the 90s, late 90s. He's you know doing a new chapter in it. He's doing it through Indiegogo, uh, giving away a bunch of little add-ons with it, postcards, a challenge coin, all these sort of things. And like I said, you know, when we have our listeners of the comic book show who are doing, you know, their own self-published stuff, we like to give them a boost and like to support them support them to the best of our abilities. Um and Jason's thing just went live today as we're recording this on the 30th. And uh, he's already hit his goal. You know oh, what nice. I mean? He had a very reasonable goal. And, you know, I didn't go crazy. And it's not a crazy thing. It's a single issue of a self-published comic book with some add-ons for 10 bucks, Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you can go listen to his inter- the interview that we did with Jason on the most recent episode of Longbox Heroes to really get into things. But that's the only non-wrestling thing that I did this week. Gotcha. I, I listened to the interview as well, and obviously I hear, you know, Jason Sandberg's Jupiter mentioned every single podcast. So it's like when you said, uh, or when I saw the tweet saying that you had an interview with them, I was like, holy shit, Longbox doing an interview. That ha- doesn't happen very often. Do- does uh, not happen very often. No, no. So, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. Like, And obviously Jason's a longtime listener, and I'm like, well, he has to know who I am because I'm like Longbox Famous. So mm. I threw him a follow on Twitter. Son of a bitch didn't follow me back. So, uh, Jason, you're dead to me. Uh, oh, my goodness. You- <laughs> I don't think he listens to this show. 
I don't know, I just wanted to be out there. I wanted to say into a microphone. But no, that's cool that uh, his his shit got funded already. So uh, good for him. Support support local and uh, you know small. I don't want to say small business, but you know create your own stuff. Yeah, he had a reasonable goal that made sense. Didn't uh, you know shoot outside of his means and didn't make any sort of other remarks in regards to uh, getting his book done. Mm, okay. Yeah, well, again, I'm being positive here. You're taking shots at other things, but uh, no, have, we'll get into that. Yeah, I have one non-wrestling figure thing, but it is wrestling related. Uh, your buddy Broski tweeted out uh, earlier in the week uh, a card that he got on eBay, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I did not realize that Steph Delander. Is Persia Parada number one because I didn't remember who Persia Parada was, but if you remember back when I used to watch NXT, I used to always talk about Indy Hartwell and her friend. I'd say right. Indy and her friend. Apparently, her friend was Persia Parada. Completely forgot about this. Oh, uh, but boy. Broski point uh, bought a card like a, a graded gem mint ten, but it was really it's like a, a two dollar card that he probably spent like a lot of money on. Uh so I just did a quick Google, not Google search, but eBay search on an indie not indie, a Persia Parada like signed rookie card. Uh and, and apparently they do exist and they were made by both Prism and some other company. I forget which one I bought, but it was like nine dollars shipped for an autograph rookie card. So I have to get the uh, the heater of the indie god. See that she went from being Indy's friend to the friend of the indie god. It's symmetry. Uh, but yeah, I bought that card. Like I said, it was dirt cheap, and I figured, what the hell? Before all the major marks start gobbling them up, I'll say that nine dollars probably could have been better spent on our OnlyFans. But <laughs> well, Joe, if if you know what you're doing, all of the OnlyFans are free. <laughs> oh my goodness! Not endorsed by this show. By half the show it is. Uh, And one other not important thing that I bought, uh, I went on an impromptu doll safari the other day, and I stumbled across one of the new Walmart-exclusive MJF figs. Um, So they had just, they never announced it, they just started showing up, and people in the group posted it. And I found one, and I was like, oh, I'll grab it. I grab all the exclusives, as long as they're not, like, somebody terrible. What makes this MJF exclusive, like, different than the other MJFs? Uh, just different color trunks. It's, like, green trunks, and it has a Only at Walmart sticker on it. Oh. And, you know, they're they're obviously made in shorter runs, you know, like, uh, the Hangman exclusive, you could st- you'll be finding them to the end of time. But, like, the CM Punk exclusive, the Sting exclusive, uh, those all, like, once they kind of hit stores, they sold out and they were never seen again. I'm not saying that they're worth a lot of money, but they are some of the more obscure AEW figures. Gotcha. Um, but that that's it for kind of like the old news. Uh, there were a lot of announcements, and we'll get to the one that like is the, the hot button issue. But uh, today I did some pre-ordering, Joe. Did you do any pre-ordering today? I did. What did you pre-order? Well, um, it's a Target exclusive. Um, and I'm not getting the full set like some of the other folks uh, in a group that you're aware of um, may have. Um, I like the defining moments, but I don't need the defining moments because, like, the packaging looks different. And, like, you know, the foldy one looks cool, but I don't need it, right? 
I got a Foley. Um, but I because it's a pre-order and because the Target exclusive and because I'm influenced by you in ways, um, I did order two of the Brother Love uh, figures. Uh, and obviously, I'm going to get them both and see which one looks better and probably return the other one. Smart man. There you right. go. Free shipping. You right. get to cherry pick the box. It's honestly, it's win-win. Right. And I had to get my, I had to get my sweet Brucey. Come on. Yeah. No, I, I was happy when they announced that set maybe a month or so ago. We talked about it and I had said that like there wasn't anything I wanted. I didn't want the d I didn't want the Undertaker, the Brucey. Who was the fourth one? I don't remember. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's not important. But like, I, there was nobody in that series that I wanted, so I was happy to be able to skip that one. Uh, so nothing there for me. But you did mention the defining moments, and I had known about the Mankind one. Like, they announced that whenever the last like Mattel set of announcements was. Uh, I did not know about the Brett or the HBK uh, or the Cody, for that matter. Um, I would have been more like looking forward to this release if I had known that there was going to be an HBK and a Brett. Um, so when they went up as like a four pack, which you can buy individually, right? Um, I was just like, oh man, uh, well, I wa- I definitely want the HBK, and I was like, the Brett's kind of cool, and I was like, the Foley's got the like the tooth going through his lip, so that that's kind of cool. I was like, I don't want the Cody, n- no disrespect. Uh, but if you buy all four of them, it comes in that really cool box. So I bought the four pack. Oh, come on. I did. I was like, if it didn't have that cardboard outer slip case, I would have been very easily. I would have probably just bought the HBK. I would have spent 30, but instead of 30, I spent 120 because I'm a psychopath. <laughs> you said it. Uh, and yeah. the fourth, the fourth figure that Brucey set is a 97 world champion undertaker. Well, I said Undertaker. Uh, oh, so okay. Oh, it's only four? Yeah, it's only four. It's comma, D'Lo, Undertaker, Bruce. Oh, we never said comma. That's that's one. Oh, okay. I said D'Lo. D'Lo, okay. Undertaker, Brucey. Okay, I thought you had said that it, because it's like very specifically like that era of nation for D'Lo mm-hmm. and comma, and I thought that's who you said. My apologies. Yeah, no, I, no, you're good. I just, I didn't say comma, but yeah, D'Lo's the chase. Yeah, I'm good on all those. Yeah. Um. I also woke up this morning at the crack of like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I woke up early because of baseball uh, to see that there was an Amazon exclusive ultimate two pack that went up for pre-order. And boy, howdy, did I jump on that show? Uh, yeah. So it's a survivor series, 1992 pack. It's debut undertaker and debut gobbledygooker. Oh, you, th- uh, honestly, I'm not an Undertaker guy. I've said a million times I have enough Undertakers and I don't need any more. And I think I only have like two. Uh, but again, I'm an ultimate guy. I am an exclusive guy, like an ultimate exclusive. And just the absurdity of that, I needed it. You know, like if they had just done a gobbledygooker by himself, I would have bought it. Uh, but this is like an awesome two pack. See, and this is the way my mind works. If they did, because the gobbledygooker comes with the egg that it comes out of as well, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, if they did the gobbledygooker by itself, I absolutely would have got it. Yeah. If they did the two pack of Undertaker and Brucey, I absolutely would have got that. But for some reason, there's something about Undertaker and gobbledygooker together that makes it a no for me. 
like even though it was the same pay per view, just how they don't have a, any association besides that. Is that what Correct. does it? I got gotcha. you. All right. Uh yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff got announced today or shown off again today. I added a couple more things to my like wish list. You know, I keep try to keep a list to stay organized as far as what I saw and what I'm interested in and what I've already ordered but haven't gotten yet. But yeah, those defining moments which are just elites. They're not ultimates, which is kind of fucking shitty for 30 plus dollars a piece, but, mm-hmm. uh, and that Amazon exclusive two pack. And that's, that's really all I jumped on today. There was other stuff that went up for pre-order, but I'm like, nah, I'm good for that. Um, but there is one other thing. And obviously this is a thing. Kevin Ford's tuning in just to hear us talk about this, but after much speculation, Mattel announced its latest, crowdfunding item and that is the wcw nitro entrance stage ultimate edition uh which you know obviously a lot of people already know about this but you're covering it up as i'm reading it on your screen (laughs) but um this is a set which includes the nitro stage that they showed off at with toy fair or comic-con or wrestlemania something a year ago and a lot of people were like oh my god that needs to be the next crowdfunded thing and once you know it, it is the next crowdfunded thing. Uh, there are showing off five different figures that you could potentially get. Uh, one of them is kind of an early bird special. And obviously we'll talk about this in a second. But if the thing is completely funded, meaning the 5,000 funders by April 7th. So I think it's eight days. May 7th. May 6th. It ends on, on May 6th. Are you sure? I'm looking right at it here. It says No, no, that's the fully that's when the entire campaign ends. Oh, 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 uh to in get order the to Hogan get in has to be April 7th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in order for you to get the Hogan, they have to reach 5,000 ba- um, backers within basically a week. Uh and then there are tiers that kick off after that, but the only thing that's included and guaranteed for a five thousand backer thing is the Rey Mysterio and the stage. Uh but you could potentially get DDP, Big Papa Pomp, and an Ultimate Warrior. Um now you and I have different thoughts about this, and we'll get into it in a second. But I just want to say, like, from my perspective, I bought the new gen set last year. Um I did not jump on it immediately. Uh, I had doubts that the new gen thing would get funded and it probably was on pace to not get funded. If it wasn't for the fact that like a week or so into the campaign, they, they threw in that macho man and I was like, okay, I wanted the Nash. Now I want the macho man. I can give a crap about the doink. I'm going to jump on this and I bought it and while I have, I don't give a shit about the ring, and I don't give a shit about the new gen in, entrance like lights. I do really like that macho figure, and I do really like the diesel. So I'm happy about those two figures. And if I had to sell the ring and the lights, I, I would do it, and I wouldn't miss a beat. When they announce this, I am the opposite. I really like that stage. I think it's cool as hell, but I hate all of the figures. Uh, there's not a single figure there that is like, oh my god, this needs to get made, or else I'm going to be sad, like there was with like the Diesel. Does that make sense? Yes. 
So I'm just saying that, that again, that's not meant to be argumentative. That's just my point. Um, I do not think this concept of doing a crowdfunded thing is this egregious slap in the face of collectors that apparently some people think. And I'll just say, I'm not trying to white knight Mattel here, but this is a business practice that tons of toy companies do for big ticket items. If you want this kind of you know niche of a niche of a niche of a product, there's certain hoops you have to go through. And in order for them to kind of keep the price point you know, after tooling and whatever, they have to sell X amount of them or else it's just not cost effective to do it. So I just, the the existence of this has pissed off a lot of people. Some of those people are people that don't even buy toys and aren't like wrestling collectors or toy collectors or they're quote unquote not stuff guys who got like really pissed off that this is a thing. And I'm just like, why are you getting so mad if you don't want it? Don't buy it. You know, and again, yes, Broski tweeted about something, and I'm sure you're going to bring that up. But if you're getting worked up by things Broski says, that's on you. Let's focus on the toy itself. If you don't want the stage, don't buy it. If you want it, buy it. But the whole thing that it's like, you know, Mattel has billions of dollars, and they're asking $400 for this thing. Well, you know what? General Motors has billions of dollars. Why are Corvettes $90,000? Shouldn't they be the same price as a Honda Civic? No, certain shit costs more. And if you don't like it, don't buy that shit. That's why this got kind of like I was kind of fired up about it because I was like, if you don't want it, don't buy it. But don't run down people that are like, oh, hey, this is cool. I like this Nitro stage. I would like to spend my money to buy this Nitro stage. And it's like the, the mentality was like, this is stupid. If you like it, you're stupid. And that's where I was like, go oh, fuck yourself. You don't even buy toys. And if you did, you're not buying $400 ones. So shut the fuck up. And that's why I was kind of fired up about it. I wasn't taking the back of Broski. I wasn't taking the back of Mattel. I was just kind of like, who the fuck are you people to tell me that what I like isn't like cool, man? And that's where I was kind of fired up about it. But I'll let you talk and then I have other things to say. I should have played that before you started talking about your thing. That's fine. I, I have more heat left in me. Oh, you good, know? good. And again, it's not directed towards you. It's just mm. it's. We'll we'll get to it when we get to it. All right. So what are I, I just want to say you you mentioned um, Broski's tweet, right? Yeah. And uh, again, a tweet is one thing. A Facebook thing is another. Hey, no, guys, I, I, there's no way around that. I'm not, I mean, obviously, it's going to cost Mattel something to make it. That's not my point right here. My point is wrestling fans. Have to come together. Four point four million dollars. <laughs> That's allowed. Fully funded. Over four million dollars. I, I personally think that for four hundred dollars and what five figures, it's very worth it. Now the question lies. Let's say it just the entrance stage and the ray. Is it worth it for four hundred? My answer no. is I don't know. Yeah, no. I don't, uh, it's no. certainly disappointing. Yeah. Now, 
I will <sighs> say they went above and beyond with these figures right out of the gate. They listened to their critiques for the back. We're going to come back to that remark where he says they went above and beyond for these figures. But let's uh, continue to hear what Brodsky has to say. The ring. Okay. This is something I said on social media and in our private Facebook group, and I've gotten a lot of flack over it. I wanted to explain myself and go into more detail about it. I said, and I quote, if this doesn't get backed, we should all quit collecting and watching wrestling because we suck. <laughs> Which yeah, I think a, is too extreme. That's uh, but I, I get what Brodsky, I, Brodsky is not uh, saying. Let, everyone let, needs right. to. Go ahead. Let me, go ahead. Let, me, let, me, let me speak. Yeah. I am not saying everyone has a different financial situation. Everyone is somewhere else in life. Not even that. Not everyone loves WCW. <laughs> sure. I'm saying as a community, okay? If you can't afford, and I'm not forcing, no one's forcing anyone to buy this. I'm not guilting anyone to buy this. If you can't afford it, please don't buy it. I don't want anyone to fucking not feed their families and buy a fucking WCW ring. That's not what I'm advocating. Yeah. But I am saying, I know for a fact. There are way more than 11,000 wrestling figure fans. And if we can't even get 5,000, 5,000 as a community, I think we have failed as a community because we've been begging for Mattel to do stuff like this. And then when the Raw ring came, we, we did it. Last chance, last second, we did it. And then we're like, no, we need more. We need more figures. We need bigger things. Well, here it is, Right. You can't back something for one ninety nine. They just fucking make it. You got to make it as big as possible. That's what these crowdfunding things are for, in my opinion. You so I could sit here and play the rest of whatever Broski's saying, okay? But the way that he came off with this, he tried to walk it back on the pod, but it just comes across as him being a spoiled, petulant child. And I think a lot of people react to Broski saying that in addition to this. And you mentioned yourself. These are not the best-looking figures. And my initial reaction to these figures, well, these aren't the best-looking figures. And I'm like, they should have at least showed us the cloth goods or something, right? Which they did the next day, you know. And they suck! The cloth goods look, look shit, right? Yeah, well, they're prototypes, but... <laughs> okay, sure, they're prototypes. But it ain't filling me with hope if I was going to buy this thing. And does this Nitro thing look awesome? Absolutely it does. Let's say it only gets to the 5,000 5, people. So for $400, you're getting a stage and one ultimate figure, which usually retails for like 40 bucks. Let's say it hits the 11,000 and you get all five of those things, right? So that's five figures at 40 bucks a clip. Is that stage worth $200? Would you buy that off the shelf? Like $200, like Broski just said. Oh, if they just make it for $200, they'll just buy it because we'll, they'll just make it because we'll buy it. Would you well, buy I mean, just the stage for $200 guaranteed? Are you, I'm sorry, are you asking me what I'm asking somebody, you, Adam, Would I buy it? Would I buy that stage by itself for $200? Guaranteed. $200, you get the stage, and that's it. Just the stage. Um, If you told me that it was like a limited thing where I had to act within a certain amount of time, I probably would jump out of, out of FOMO. If you said it's going to be on that toy store shelf for a year or so, I'd probably eventually lose interest. Okay. But so, uh, with that being we, said, yeah. $200 for that stage is not crazy in my mind. Okay. But we could split hairs and say limited to 5,000 pieces, sure. limited to 11,000 pieces, whatever it is, right? I, I'm more likely to say yes, I would buy that for okay. $200. And you bring up like, oh, and you mentioned about cars. Well, how come a Corvette costs $90,000 and a Honda only costs this? Well, you're paying for the name, essentially. You know, a lot of those parts are the same, and maybe it's a little bit more high performance, or maybe it's a bigger engine, but... I've seen people that get $90,000 Hondas because they get it all souped up. 
and with all the fancy shit on. So that's not a great comparison. And then I know you had mentioned about people comparing this to a GoFundMe. And this is a pre-order, but the difference between this pre-order and, like, let's say the pre-order that I did for the Super 7 Toxic Avenger figure, right? I paid my money for that figure. I'm pre-ordering that figure, so I'm guaranteed to get that figure. At no point did they say, if more people buy this figure, you're going to get more stuff. So really push people to go out there and pre-order this figure a bunch more so that we could add extra things onto it and make it that much more special. A pre-order is, I pay a dollar amount, I get the thing that I'm getting. When you add all this other stuff in there, that's when people start making the Kickstarter and the Indiegogo and the so-ons and so forths. And Adam, obviously, you're mentioning Corvette, you're mentioning Honda, you're mentioning Mattel, you're mentioning these things, and you needled me a little bit, saying that I supported Jimmy Palmiotti's Kickstarter for his comic book. You understand that there's a difference between a guy in Florida who prints and packs the comics himself who's been a person in the industry for the past 35 years, is different than Mattel. You do understand that there's a difference between those two things, right? Well, 100%, but you do okay. understand uh, You do understand that there's a difference between... Uh, no, go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off there. I'll, no, no. So I, I think there's... If, if they just said that this was a pre-order, I think the price is crazy. I think the figures that they're offering stink. Um, there's nothing unique about them. I just think it's a bad package. And... And that's fine. You, and you have said, and Broski have said in the past, that, like, this is how a lot of companies do these sort of things. That everyone hangs their hat on back the barge, right? That was the one that kind of reignited this sort of crowdfunding thing for a toy. And that's what it is. It's crowdfunding. It's not a pre-order. It's crowdfunding. Because you're getting the, the thing, but it's crowdfunding to get the extra stuff, okay? Yeah, you, because the, the more they make, the less expensive it is to make each one. So, technically, you okay. know, double and triple the production run then the cost of tooling is percentage less per item and you could start throwing in figures so it's in the best interest of the company to make more of them because then the margins get bigger but you do remember for years prior to back the barge the thing of maddie collector where they tried to do this thing for he-man figures and transformers and all sorts of other things like that and those campaigns failed and they stopped doing maddie collector for a long time because those things failed because they were offering not good items. They were offered sure. too high of a price point. They were offering the wrong items. Like how Brian mentioned in that clip, like, okay, yes. Are there 11,000 super crazy wrestling figure fans? Yes. Are there 11,000 super crazy wrestling fans that also love this specific era of WCW and these specific five figures? Probably not. Probably and not. And I'll get into that in a second when we figure when we finish this. But so I'm not getting this. I don't care what you do with your money, but when you put up a poll of asking people what should I do with this, and then one of your options is buy it and complain, you're telling us that you're not happy about this either, unless you're doing a bit, and then you're like, here's a picture of my new gen ring, which is sitting in my garage in the box, and I hate that I bought it. So what are we doing? No, uh, and again, I, I meant to say, so as far as the picture, and of course, it's not my garage. It's in my toy room. You don't keep stuff in your garage. That's a psychopath behavior. That's <laughs> but, you put your foam fingers. Yes. Uh, no, I, I don't hate the fact that I bought the new gen set, as I mentioned earlier, because I love the diesel and I love the macho. I just have no affinity for the stage or the ring. 
And my point that I was going to talk about on the pod, which I already have, is that I love the stage for the Nitro, but I hate the figures. So that's the the flip-flop of it. Uh, So when I put up the option in the poll, will I buy it and complain? This is me doing that. But I haven't bought it. I haven't bought it. And I'm going to explain why I will or will not buy it and uh, like why that is in a second. But if you told me that it's $400 for the stage in Rey Mysterio, hard pass. No, thank you. So let's just say, for example, we reached the end of the first deadline, which is the 7th of April, and it's not funded to 5000 so we miss out on the Hogan. That's one figure off the board, which I didn't really care about the Hogan because I have Hogan's other ones. The Hogan's the worst of the five. 100%. It's like a, a slight tweak on an ultimate that's already out there. So now you're telling me it's just the stage and Rey Mysterio. Would I buy it for those two? Absolutely not. Now, if you told me that it it gets to the point where it's like, okay, the Hogan is funded, and then we hit the, the the DDP one, and then we hit the Big Papa Pump, and then we hit the Ultimate Warrior, and it's $400 for all five of the figures, five figures that I don't really care about, but it's still five figures in the stage, yes, I will 100% plop down $400 that I don't have on this set because I like the stage so much. And in my mind, I can convince and justify it that much like the new gen where I said to myself, if I ever want to, I can sell the ring and the entranceway and make back some, if not all of my money and just keep the figures and like sell the doink. I don't care and still have the parts that I want. If this nitro set, got fully funded, I would be able to keep the Nitro stage and lights and sell all six of the figures and then maybe make back some, if not all, of my money. So that is the where I would do it. And me saying I would complain is that I, I have no love for any of these figures. I think, like, the DDP is cool. You know, it's not great. The Big Papa Pump, I mean... He'll have other elites, and I'm sure he'll have an ultimate as a standalone. So there's nothing figure-wise there that I want. Uh, so with that being said, I do not think the six or the the five figure figures are coming out. I don't think the four figures are coming out. I would be shocked if the DDP came out. I think this might barely squeak five thousand and just be Ray Mysterio and the entrance, and then I'm out. I'm not doing it. Does that make sense? I say it gets to the DDP, but just barely. And it, do you think it gets the Hogan, meaning it reaches nope. 5,000 in one week? No, nope. I, abs- I I see no chance of that. You know, And a lot of people are saying, hey, this is outperforming the pace of the new gen. Well, the new gen also dumped a, a Ray, or not a Ray Mysterio, a, a Randy Savage after a week of like bad sales. And that caused it to spike, you know, and I feel like a a great majority of the people that are willing to spend 400 have already done so or will within the next few days. So I just don't see this getting the huge swell at the end, but I could be wrong, you know, but my, my point of all of this was if you mentioned before, if you pre-order a toxic Avenger figure, you hand over money, a set amount of money. You get a set item back and you like that and you're happy with it and that's that's what you're comfortable with and that's fine. 
if I like the crowdfunding of the the back of the barge, this uh, the Mandalorian ship, which I can't the, remember the name of because they blew it up. Spoiler, uh, you know the Unicron that I still lose sleep over not crowdfunding, uh, and then like the Mattel thing. Uh, the new generating. I like those things. So am I a big dummy or stupid for liking these things? No. I just choose to spend my money in a different way than you do. So I just don't see why the negativity towards this whole concept of a crowdfunding is. You can be negative as hell towards the figures because I am too. Like I am a guy that I've said earlier in this pot. I like collecting ultimates. I like collecting Supremes and I like collecting limited window items, you know, and none of these figures do anything for me. It would take like all of the figures or close to all of them being in the bundle for me to justify spending the 400, but I might do it, you know? So like that, that's my point is that, I think everybody's riled up over something that, hey, if this isn't for you, just walk along. You know what I'm saying? So people that are critiquing this particular crowdfunding, which is what it's called on their website, a crowdfunding thing, not a sure. pre-order. Well, um, again, it, it is a crowdfunding. Okay, That's so people, people that, well, you, you, you said in a couple of tweets that it's not a crowdfunding thing. Well, no, I said it was not a GoFundMe. Oh, okay. That okay. was like the pejorative description of it, that it was like, Mattel like saying please give us money exactly. you know that type of thing so like, it's, it's, a, like a it's so so e- people don't like the figures and whatever's included in the crowdfunding much like yourself but because you kind of sort of might buy it you're allowed to critique it and they're not well, no i i that's not what i said i said i like the stage mm-hmm. i am interested in the stage the thing that would cause me to buy it is whether or not it came with all the figures. And I understand that there's a risk that that might not happen. Right. I, the thing I'm saying that I take issue with is people being like the whole concept, stupid, who would spend $400 on this stuff? Who, why does Mattel need to, to ask for money? They should just make them and hope that they sell, like go and make 10,000 of them or 5,000 of them. And just, if they sell, great. If they don't, just take the loss. You're a big company. It doesn't matter. Like, that that's where we're at on it. And I, I get, if I'm not making that clear, that I'm not, like, you know, so I'm, not, I'm not Mattel, and I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm not Mattel. I'm not in charge of these sort of things. I think this set sucks, and I think this idea sucks. Because it causes fan bases to cannibalize themselves. And people who are big names in the fan base, like Broski, to critique people in the fan base and then have to walk things back where he says that if this doesn't get funded, we should stop being fans of figures and wrestling, which is a stupid thing to say from a stupid person. And then he goes and he walks it back and he just more or less says the same thing, just in a nicer way, trying to and like he doesn't do a good job of selling it because they haven't given him a free one yet. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever, which they probably end up, they probably will end up. And again, Broski himself said the the new gen he bought eleven. This one he might buy four or six. He's not sure, right? Yeah, he he said in the group that he has bought two, uh-huh. uh, and he will not buy any more unless they all all the figures come out. Right, but you could do whatever you want with your figures. But my thing about it is is. Is there a difference between the people that look at this and say this is a bad idea and complain about it versus the people that look at this, say it's a bad idea, complain about it, and then still put their money down for it? And I'm just like, I don't know what anybody's doing, you know? 
I mean, Joe, I mean, to be fair, and I'm sure there's probably if there's somebody listening to this and they they're kind of impartial towards you or me and they're listening to it, they're going to say that we're pretty much saying the same thing. I think we are saying the same. Yeah. It's just that we both take you're taking a huge exception and rightfully so to the way Broski presented it. Yeah. And I'll say this. If you take. Anything that Broski says true, then he's got a neck tattoo to sell you, you know, like, but again, I'm a Broski understander. So when he says something like that, I don't take it seriously or get riled up by it just because it goes in one ear and one out the other at this point for me. But maybe like that's probably got you riled up me. I'm riled up by the fact that I saw a lot of people being very vocal about how like it's just stupid for anybody to spend this kind of money on toys and like if you do that you're dumb and whatever and that's where i was like you know go fuck yourself i have the money i'll buy whatever the fuck i want you know so that got me riled up but i think at the end of the day you and i agree that the figures aren't great uh we both think the the entrance is cool yeah i think the entrance is cool enough for me to think about buying this you don't you know, nope. clearly. Uh, but I'm specifying that I need to get a bunch of figures included for me to do it. Uh, and if it's just the the smaller tier for me, I don't think I will. Uh, but with that being said, like, I'll have FOMO. Like, I'll be like, oh, man, I wish I had that Nitro stage. But, you know, it is what it is. So, like I said, I took exception with one thing. You took exception with the other thing. Neither one of us, I think, is criticizing the existence of it. But we have criticisms for, like, maybe how people have reacted to it from the, like, third party and the, the decision of the figures. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just send this. Obviously, you say you're a broski understander. I, I'd like to think I'm a broski understander. I think you might have a uh, foot up on me when it comes to that sort of thing. <clears throat> um, <laughs> anywho, um, and my only logic with a crowdfunding thing like this is, and I get where you're coming from, it's $400, you know, whatever the stage is. And my whole thing is it comes back to $400 for a chance at maybe five figures in the stage, as opposed to, you know, $400 for definitely five figures in the stage. And I know where you're coming from is, like, Mattel just can't make these things at a loss. I'm not Mattel. But if Mattel comes out and says, hey, this goes live today, one week, we're making 5,000 of these. No more, no less. Okay? Yeah. However, if in the one week, these 5,000 get sold, quote unquote sold, we'll think about doing it again. Making like additional runs. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like different banners. Or maybe sure. we'll throw, like, a different figure in there. Or we'll do something, right? Yeah. I think if they just set it as $5,000 limited, they would hit that $400. They would have hit that $400 goal today. And there wouldn't have been any question. Possibly. And I, and I think a lot of it, uh, where a lot of people look at it is, you're saying, well, should Mattel take a loss on this? Sure. Other people look at this and say, Mattel's really greedy with this, Right. By looking for whatever, but it's a big company. Of course, they're greedy. Anytime you give some money to somebody other than like your friend or someone that you know personally, there's greed involved, right? There's big corporations. There's there's fat white guys smoking cigars, <laughs> counting money, who don't give a fuck about you or anything else, right? 
Sure. Um, but Adam, I say buy two, buy ten. You know what I mean? Go crazy. Buy as many as you want. I don't care. I, my whole thing is, and like I said, obviously I was a little bit more upset on two on Monday when Broski sent the, the initial tweet out and they walked it back in the podcast. Whatever, if we recorded then, I would have been in a much different mood about it. But like I said, right now, I don't know, man. Like if you if you pay your four hundred dollars for it, I hope you get it. I don't think you're gonna, but I'm gonna keep an eye on it for the show. You know? Yeah. And like you should mention, obviously, right this second, it's 22% funded. It's got 1,146 people. You know, maybe if we refresh it, oh, oh. 1,147. Uh, and a- as we said, it needs to reach 5,000 by April 7th to be able to get the Hogan. And, you know, you keep saying, and we'll wrap this up in a second, because I think we've both kind of reached a, 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 a ceasefire or at least an understanding of where we're coming from. But you mentioned before, like, hey, when you plop down your $400, maybe you'll get this, maybe you'll get that. I'm not plopping down anything under any kind of, like, uncertainty. I'm sitting back in the in the rafters. I'm staying in WCW. I'm watching, and I'm going to see what happens. I'm not putting a nickel down until I know where what's going to happen. So, like, for example, April 7th rolls around. If this thing's at 5,000 backers... Okay, I'm going to keep watching it. I know it's got the Ray, it's got the Hogan. Let's see what happens next because there's no hurry. I have until May 6th to make my final decision. Me funding it is not the difference between it getting that Hogan or not. Somebody else, you know, it's not like it's going to, oh man, it missed at 4,999. You know, if only Adam had thrown his money in, we would have gotten that Hogan. No, I'm going to sit back, I'm going to watch. And if, like I said, May 5th, May 4th rolls around, and if we're at the point where it's like, hey, you're going to get four figures in the stage, you know, maybe I'll make a decision. If it's five figures in the stage, well, I'm even more likely to do it. But if it's just Rey Mysterio at that point, then I'm probably not. So it's not – there will be no uncertainty in where my money is going after I spent it because by the time I plop down my PayPal – I'm going to know what the deal is. Does that make sense? Absolutely. All right. So like I said, we'll continue to monitor it during weekly purchases. I think we're pretty much on the same page. Broski's a dick. There's some cool stuff in this set. It's very expensive. It's not for everybody. And I wish the figures would have been better, but we'll sit back and we'll see what happens. Is that fair? I think we can close the segment out and the the episode out by saying Broski is a dick. Yeah, I agree. There you go. All right, let's wrap this up. All right, that's right. Hey, everyone, thanks for bearing with us. Thanks for hanging in there while we hashed all this out. Um, hey, go buy the the ring. You know, hopefully uh, everyone gets everything they want out of it. Um, but hopefully you get everything that you want out of this show. Uh, go sign up for the Patreon. We're going to go record the homework here, and I'm going to get to bed about 2 in the morning. Uh, be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. Yeah. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.